Welcome to the LGA cast. I'm Marcus. That's Justin over there. He's on the knobs. Yes, welcome to Lit Gaming Arena. That just goes on forever. That's it's nice. I'm leaving that in. I like that. I like that echo. It's a necessary part of the. It's a, it's a necessary part of the intro. You gotta have the echo. <laughs> I'm almost surprised you don't have just a preset. I mean, we've only done this is only the second one of these, but a preset just like all right. I'm just gonna clip this into all of these. You know, I should. Well, but no, because I I want to have it be a little bit different. I want this, you I want it to sound more like a radio show. Yeah, I want to I want to do this live. We're doing it live. But not we're, live. We're doing it very live. We're doing it live. Editing's not real. Live, live to record. Live to tape. All right, That's Justin. It. I'll I'll be you this time. What you been playing? Well, I've been playing. Well, I played. Lay it on me. Cube two. That was one. Tell of the, me what that, that was, is. That was, that was one of the free games for like last month on uh, Xbox Live, uh. and it's just another typical puzzle game. Um. The, basically the thing is you just you work your way through these rooms and you have to basically it's I mean it's like portal without the portals essentially you just are manipulating cubes okay I was gonna say how do you have portal without the portals that seems like yeah, the I, integral well, part I mean, of portal because <laughs> I mean with portal it's a lot of you gotta make it's sure just buttons, like the cubes. There's, there's there's floor buttons you, you you have to leave stuff on the floor buttons but okay you you can there's certain uh there's certain spots where the cubes are formed from and you have like three different tools that you gain throughout the game. Uh, so one of them, it just drops a cube from this, from this basically the cube on the wall. Uh, one of them, and it's like an orange color, I think. I know. Are there any like theories it's okay. that it's the bodies of people? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of them is, it's like a, like the bouncy goo from portal but it's just like it it turns the it turns the cube on the floor blue so you can jump on it or you can drop a cube on it and it uh will launch it into the air um okay. so you can you have three different modes where one will just extend the cube out so it can be like a platform or it can push things and um through eventually you get to a point where there's like oil and you can douse a cube with oil and it will start you can push it with a extendo cube and it just starts sliding like infinitely uh and then also there's fire and it will just set that cube on fire if it's covered in oil hmm. so it's a but it's just one of those things where it just it it adds on as you go through and you start with one tool which is just like the bouncing one so you're like oh you gotta use this bouncing one to get up on this platform and then then you get the uh the dropping cube and then you get the extending one so um you work your way through these levels it was interesting the story was kind of weird it essentially it was like they will be in puzzle games yeah essentially like they you wake up in like some amnesia state you don't know what's going on uh, every game yeah. starting ever yeah <laughs> yeah every puzzle game ever you, you don't have know amnesia. what's going on right. and essentially it's like you're in a this weird temple made out of cubes I mean, obviously, the name the is Q. Q. Um, <laughs> so you you're working your way through this, and there's someone talking to you on the radio, 
and the whole premise is that there was some object coming towards earth and they went to try to destroy it and it's been in the solar system for years so they've been studying it and they developed the technology which is what you're actually using to manipulate the cubes and that's the technology used to destroy it and turns out they did they they just basically blew it up in orbit and it just <laughs> scattered through the planet interesting and so basically you're working way through this and essentially the cube is like a being or so it is yeah. humans <laughs> no <laughs> soylent green yeah no <laughs> no so that i mean i just i downloaded it i'm like yeah, i guess i'll play this and i just ended up powering through the entire thing because it was not super hard it, it was I've heard it's not bad actually. I've yeah. I've heard it's quite good. I just uh it, it, it I don't know too much thinking. about it. Yeah, it requires thinking for sure cuz I mean if we're like, oh god, how would I how do I get this cube over to that platform with this method and cuz it's a lot and the like actual logic move, puzzles, I guess. Yeah, it's a lot of logic puzzles like you got to drop a cube onto this platform and it activates a button that opens up some some other thing that you can do, but if you do another, if you drop another cube in another spot, that first one disappears. Um, so you can only do like one at a time until later in the game, you get the the ability to just have infinite cubes, but only for each. It's like set up where most cubes are in sets of three along like the wall or the floor. And so if you were to apply one cube to the left one um, and activate it, if you were to apply the same color to another cube area, then the first one disappears. But later on, you can just do all the same color on every single cube. So like you can basically make stairs and stuff, but there's only specific areas that you can make the cubes and it tells, it shows you in the game. So it's not just, you can't just make them anywhere. There's designated yeah, spots. That, that sounds kind of like a portal situation. Yeah. As, like the walls you that you can. Yeah. Like, I mean, and you gotta be a bit restrictive cause then it'll make things too easy to solve. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, like, oh, I can just portal I'm, up here. Obviously the puzzle games, I like a little more like the, the, the witness. Yeah. It, I mean, it's way oh, easier than the witness. I, I'm, I still haven't beat the witness where you have to be, like an insane person and like scrawling out on actual paper how this thing works because you'll which are arguably the physicality of that is what makes those games awesome but yeah i mean obviously once again this uh this cube game sounds all right like like i said i've heard many a good things um, it was worth the play i mean it only took me like four hours to beat the whole thing well and i mean if they they give it away for free so yeah that's always which i which i hope we do talk more about some of those free games because i always feel some of those get overlooked and i know at least on facebook comments which those are not really worth a whole lot but on like playstation side of things being like everybody just complaining about the free games and it's like well they're they're free yeah. like you don't have to play them but usually they give kind of little treasures away like uh like i mentioned before iconoclast is free this month and i was like iconoclast is a really good game that definitely got like super overlooked yeah they i mean there's a lot of good games they give away for free, and that's usually what I end up playing. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's a it, like realistically, it's a as much as some people complain about pricing on that stuff. It's like that's a deal that can't be beat. Realistically, if you look at like you pay X amount yeah. of dollars, like sixty bucks or seventy bucks, uh, however much it costs now, I 60, I, they, sixty a year. I, I got I paid forty for PlayStation because 
getting it. If you, if you buy around that Black Friday time, you get some pretty cool deals. And then you can just, when you got to re-up, it's going to be Black Friday time again. But <laughs> I remember when uh, Xbox was like, I think when it was just 50 or 40 or something like that. Forty, I think it was 50 for a whole year. And uh, I found this deal on like Dell.com. And it was, you could buy five, up to five subscription card month, months or year subscription cards for i think it was 30 30 or 35 bucks and so Man. what i did is i just i got all i ordered five of them <laughs> i kept one i and i used one for myself and i sold all the other ones for a profit so that my first year was the first year i applied was free because <laughs> i just sold the other ones and looking back i wish i would have just applied them all to my account and had five years <laughs> had of five xbox years. because then that that deal never happened again and then they raised raised it back up to 60 well i mean that and right now on microsoft obviously they have the uh game pass which that's a good deal. that seems like a like they keep adding really cool yeah. stuff to that like what mutant zero zero is going to be on there which is crazy like that's a yeah. new really hype game well it's so. already on there i mean i think it's it's oh, out that right came out? I, I wasn't sure i think it came out last week um and then even with the game awards last week where they're just like this game's out right now on See, that xbox was, live game, game pass. awards overshadowed like everything but yeah that uh i i just find that stuff fascinating and i i do think streaming is where things are going for sure at least temporarily like or at least i, I hope downloading things, it locally and playing it rather yeah because streaming I, I think, is still latency yeah i think things will kind of stick how they are for quite some time still but you know it, it becomes hard to foresee console generations are normally about six years yeah so it becomes hard to like foresee where you'll be in six years but you look at, uh, like I said, m almost everything, like you look at Netflix and Hulu and stuff like that and how big those are. Those uh, Netflix and Hulu revolutionized how streaming video, well, how video and how people consume video. And I know I realize they're trying to do that on the game side of things as well. And Microsoft is pushing that and Sony's pushing that. Nintendo's dipped a toe with the NES stuff. Um, and granted, once again, they are the cheapest service right now and they have the least offer. So that makes sense. But l looking strictly just at Microsoft being kind of, th they've been pushing the hardest. And I think yeah. once again, there's no reason we'll end up in a state where it's all one way or the other. And even v video wise, it's like for the most part, you can still buy seasons of stuff or like movies of things. Yeah. And then obviously you still have the streaming stuff. So I, I think games will kind of head towards that space. Yeah. Basically. The, I mean, Xbox, uh, their, their, their game pass is basically just like Netflix for games. Which yeah. It's crazy. The, uh, idea they have of their Xbox exclusives or like the, those first party titles of are coming to game pass day one. And yeah. I'm like, see, that's, that's the issue on Sony side of things where they don't have that. Like the yeah. exclusives aren't there day one. So it's like, why would I do that? But it's like, if you're getting a steal of a deal on Microsoft side of things and I don't know there, I, I always think currently they're kind of the underdog generationally, yeah. but I think they're very much going to be a threat going forward. Cause it's like, Look at how there has been basically very little exclusives that have released on this yeah. console cycle. Like, all those teams must be developing something that's going to be on the next console cycle. And yeah. even. They just keep acquiring new studios. I mean, yeah. they acquired, they announced what, three 
two or three more acquisitions during that event in Mexico. Yeah, it's, I mean, because what, Obsidian and uh, In Exile yeah. being Which, two of the big ones, PC RPG companies. Yeah. And Obsidian actually had to, like, come out and say, like, Outer oh, yeah, Worlds, yeah. yeah, Outer Worlds is not going to, it's, well, it's not the Microsoft game. We already were working on this one before that. So it's going to be on PlayStation still. Don't worry, you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I was worried about that. I mean, I, I voiced that during our Game Awards thing, but nobody listened to that anyway. So, uh, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, I was like, is that going to be Xbox exclusive? Because they didn't really say at the end, it didn't yeah. say anything, really. It was just like, here's Outer Worlds. Which that game yeah, looks really good. It's kind of the elephant in the room. Yeah, it it does. And they already had gameplay out of it too, which is crazy. Like it, it, it looks. Yeah, it must have been in the works just in secret for some time. Uh, but I mean that a real like one-two punch happened here because that game is clearly like in the vein of Fallout. They really like pimped it out by being like by the makers of like the good Fallout of saying like Fallout New Vegas at least and like several other games but it's just that one-two punch with currently bethesda like on damage control on the fallout 76 stuff that is an ongoing ever updating oh god situation uh but it's such a mess yeah so it just keeps getting worse but yeah the outer world looks pretty good so far but it, it we'll we'll see but yeah you know i'm definitely on board with that i think yeah, I think there. I I just wish there wasn't so many games in the post-apocalyptic space. And I thought that uh, I can't remember the name of it, but that uh game where you're like a primitive ape that they showed during the game awards. Oh yeah, I forgot the name. Looked um, really cool. Where you're kind of like going. It, it's like an anthropological game, and I, I I feel there's not enough games in that prehistoric space. You you have Ark. Um. No. <laughs> and uh, you have uh. Fall, uh, Far Cry. Yeah, Far Cry Primal. Far Cry Primal, um, which, I mean, that, and then they also went the way of doing a Fallout-type game and kind of also yeah. onboarded with those, the rolling with the punches and hitting back at uh, yeah the Fallout stuff, which is smart. It's just smart marketing, uh, so I don't fault them in any way. Yeah. And I do appreciate that this next up Fallout, uh, Far Cry thing is... Uh, is more of a budget purchase it's 40 bucks yeah that's not bad yeah i i was just talking to somebody that was like yeah i i wish that there were more um more games that took place in like a forest where you're swinging around in a forest i'm like i was and like so like that game yeah it was <laughs> like literally the same day because i was like so you want like a tarzan game is that what you want you swinging it, through vines in a forest <laughs> a spider-man game where you're an ape <laughs> yeah basically yeah and and then they announced it that same day i'm like you did you look into the future owen i i, I don't know if if we're going to talk about the the big indie game showcase that they did recently with what gaming greggy uh they showed 69 new games 69 which actually was just convenient how that fell but <laughs> yeah they mostly indie games uh they did show uh project judge uh which is the new game by the yakuza studio is now judgment that game looks really good as I, I i think i touched on that a little on the last podcast as well of the that game being a little bit of like ace attorney mixed with yakuza basically it you're it has some courtroom stuff some detective stuff as well as some weird yakuza stuff but that game looks really good yeah i didn't see, i didn't see that stuff i don't know where i was looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a pretty big thing. Um, which I mean, I heard about it because Wario was kind of in on that whole thing, and like, oh, okay, I was getting updates from him constantly. Which he he does what he do, he gives you the deals. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, that Microsoft Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, the Microsoft Game Pass is I'm, a screaming deal, though. I need to probably get on that. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I we just got it. There's, I mean, right now it's a dollar for the first month. Oh, that's a really good deal. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously goes up to back to the $10 a month. But I mean, even $10, it's crazy. Well, I've seen so, it on sale for yeah. like 40 bucks for a year and stuff, or maybe not that low, but I've, I've seen it definitely 60 bucks for a whole year. Yeah. So I think that I'm seems gonna, totally reasonable because that's the cost of a new game and yeah. you'll get, and you get all these other games. So, I mean, I downloaded Hitman cause I haven't played Hitman. Gotta, the gotta first Hitman or yeah. The, okay. The, the first, first of the new Hitman. The first of the good Hitmans. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I keep Hitman two is on sale on PSN right now, and in that massive Christmas sale. So I, I was debating picking that up because that game looks really good in a lampoony type way. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's basically all I've played this week. I mean, I played a shitty mobile game. What was it called? It was like Merge Planes or something. That sounds like the exact type of thing you would play. Yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> it's another. It's kind of an idler. I know you love idlers. <laughs> And basically all you do is you, you get a plane and it just goes around in this loop. When it makes a loop, you get money and then you can buy another plane and then you can merge two of the same planes into an upgraded plane that makes you more money. I hate that those are so addictive. They are because it just keeps going. It goes up fast. Like it's it's really fast. You And you just keep going. with, And then you prestige at like level 10. Oh, God. And then you just keep going. So, I mean, I, I got up to like level like 25 or something and. I was like, I'm just wasting so much time playing this well, that, game. Stuff like that's going to put our audience to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it's going to do. It's, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. It was a, I mean, it, right. it's it's not a game I should have ever played. <laughs> well, well, I, on the flip side, have been playing Smash, which is, I'm sure, what most people are probably playing. Everyone um, except me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't really have that option. But <laughs> I do a video game podcast and I don't have a Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. <laughs> it's still new enough. I mean, I still think that's the yeah, I mean, go-to I've, Christmas gift right now. Like, yeah. holy crap, opening that up on Christmas. And if you had, like, Mario, Zelda, and Smash, like, yeah. be blow your mind amazing. I mean, it. I mean, I am going to get one eventually. What I flavor am... of controllers are you getting? <laughs> no, no, they'll probably have all kinds of flavors by the time you get there. Gosh, I... I I'm, I know you hate some of those colors. I not even the colors. I just I hate the Joy Cons. <laughs> They're so. But you bad. gotta play Mario Party with them. Yep, that's the only thing I'm gonna play with them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously I'll use the I'll use it in handheld mode. But I mean, in, it's the any way to other, play. in any other case, I'm gonna be like using our Pro Controller. It, unless it's Smash. Smash is like unplayable in handheld mode. I I can imagine. I feel duped in the way that, well, this becomes funny because this is technically, at least in Sakurai's eyes, that he calls this Smash 6. Really? Which is because he considers Smash 4 and and the Smash DS two separate games, which seems really dumb. And I mean, they were like separate entities, but then I, I, I feel duped. I feel like I got duped because <laughs> I almost got tricked into buying the game twice. I mean, because I, yeah. I'm a huge Smash fan, but they released Smash 4 on the 3DS several weeks before it came to consoles and i felt obligated like i didn't want to be like the guy left behind in the dust while every, everybody's like on their 3ds talking about how good it is even though it was yeah. garbage and like unplayable on there i think of more, more like newer games that came out on the 3ds like uh metroid Samus returns that game gave me like the worst i, I always call it crab claw hands i i like <laughs> my hands just i could feel all the joints 
like busting in my hands. It hurt so bad. And, and I just kept thinking like, man, if only this had a proper controller, <laughs> like I hate to say it, but the 3DS is not designed for American hands. Even I have an XL and it's not like yeah. it, it doesn't feel ergonomic to my hands. I mean, I feel the same way about the Joy-Cons. They just seem way too small. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I just, well, I always think they might be like, here's Switch XL and it has bigger Joy-Cons. I wouldn't I wouldn't be American surprised. hands and I mean I would I would probably buy that one yeah I, I I constantly think going forward depending on how how Nintendo wants to handle the, this I would love to see a smaller uh more portable version of the switch because it, it's mostly played in handheld mode and I think once again they, they are they are selling this or billing it out as the home console but yeah. I'm wondering if in the long, if you play in the long game going uh, from it's currently selling very well and you look at they the 3DS needs a successor. It's like way, way overdue for a successor. And I mean, if they even go that, that route, that becomes a they, they keep suggesting it's going to have a successor. But I don't think they've divided the their market <laughs> in a weird way that I'm like if people see another handheld from them they'll be like well how is this different from the switch yeah. so i think they just what they do is like most consoles how they release a smaller version they release a more portable version of the switch and that what that does is then they pare down their development base because then they're not developing for two devices they're developing That's for true. one device and it's one unified audience on a single device yeah but you would have once again a more portable version and then maybe once again they have a like switch xl maybe <laughs> a larger yeah more and, industrial and version. doing that doing that later on after the switch comes out obviously i mean that gives it time for them to develop smaller chips and whatnot to downsize it to be a more portable thing that you can uh, something that's si the size of like a vita or something rather than yeah or maybe even it like i know there's been a lot of uh dives into foldable screens and like m maybe it, it closes yeah, like a I mean, book that, that and, could be and not isn't like necessarily a dual screen but has once again like maybe a little dividing line in the center of the screen maybe i i i mean i don't know i'm not well, <laughs> i'm not gonna know what they're gonna do but i think they need I've... to hit at that making a smaller rendition that's more portable yeah i i definitely a fulling version is something that is i mean nowadays actually can be a possibility uh, i mean with samsung going all in on developing foldable displays and i mean there are several manufacturers that are like yeah we're gonna come out with foldable phones within the next couple of years and google actually added like official android support for foldable phones so i mean that's something that's gonna happen yeah i mean it's and then this becomes more of a matter of how much they're gonna bide their time on releasing a hardware iteration yeah because I, I mean it's gonna happen every like Nintendo arguably is one of the worst of hardware iterations because you, you but you do look at Sony how they've had there's always like the big Sony PS4 and then there's the slim which once again that being the smaller rendition and then now we're in a generation where it's like then there's the PS4 Pro which is the like bigger more like full experience that they sell it is and similar on the Xbox side of things that there was the the regular Xbox One, then the Xbox One S, which is a little bit smaller, uh, yeah. better hardware revision. And then you have the Xbox One X, which is like the premium. And I just, I could see them doing that. And I mean, I, I would even think like, like I said, I, I don't know what they would do, but maybe telescopic uh, Joy-Cons that like expand. Because <laughs> I mean, the, the, you, you have to do something yeah. that still attaches to the base console is all. Yeah. But 
yeah, I know that's there have been several complaints that it's like a, it's a little too large to be a portable. And for me, it really works around the house like uh, like like a tablet would that I'm like, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to be out in public using this thing all the time, but around the house, it's, it's great. And I play I just like to lay on a couch and play. Yeah, I mean, that's a real that's a really cool thing. I mean, and obviously it takes away your the, the TV isn't being hogged all the time yeah. by a game console when unless you're, you're playing smash <laughs> unless you're playing smash and then you have to play it on the, i have to use the tv i can't see anything <laughs> i mean even like even the dualshock 4 like i feel like that's too small for like i don't have big hands but dualshock 4 cramps up my hands like yeah because you're just a, you're an american <laughs> but it, like you're talking to a person that loved the duke <laughs> i mean and i have small see, I, hands I, I didn't do the duke i did the microcons on the xbox <laughs> because I, I was a kid <laughs> i mean i had i had both but i mean the duke was like my go-to back in the xbox days like God, i always i was so hard thing. to use it was so big it was I, per- like it like it it formed my hands perfectly i think it's because i just have like big palms or something yeah that's probably i know i i love i really love the nintendo pro controllers like they feel really good and they do have the kind of staggered joystick configuration, which I know that's people really like that setup, which is kind of like the Xbox configuration a bit. And uh, I mean, those have a really good battery life and they just feel really good. Like to the point that me who uh, I've played a lot of smash and as you know, at least, but our audience won't if we (laughs) even have an audience, but I typically use a GameCube controller and for the new Smash, I hooked up a GameCube controller. And then after my first day of playing, I I played a whole day with the GameCube controller. And then I, I switched to a pro controller on day two and I'm, I'm sold. I'm going to stick with a pro. It feels really good and really good for Smash. It feels very responsive. My only issue with the controller and this being specific for Smash and some of the specific hand movements you have to make directionally is the the joystick isn't really gripped as well like the the one on the gamecube has all these ridges so it really grips your thumb but this one kind of has the like an indented little thing and it's it's just not as good but i mean i know you could buy like probably a grip for the stick i guess if you really wanted yeah i mean i'll deal that's that's sort of how i felt with the dualshock 4 is like my using the analog stick my thumb slips off that thing all the time so i cover them in sandpaper tape or something yeah (laughs) like i i cannot get a grip on those things and i think it's just because i like i like the position the it's in on the xbox controller i mean i won't deny the xbox uh configuration is really good and it's i feel the ideal for fps games yeah see that's the thing i I wish we could have a a more transitional yeah you can interchange where the location of the the d-pad and maybe that's the thing going forward to next console because yeah that that it's mostly that the d like the d-pad on the playstation is like that's 100 percent where i want a d-pad and that's perfect for fighting games but on the like xbox it's like not i don't feel it's ideal for fighting games but i know once again i maybe i'm the gross one playing fighting (laughs) games with a controller and most people are like no you need to be using a fight stick but i mean i i uh the best controller I, I've ever used is the Xbox Elite controller, which I mean, I'm, I mean, but it's so expensive. It is, but it's worth like for some reason, the, the build quality, the smoothness of the analog sticks. Oh, I'm feel, sure it's you crazy compared to just a regular Xbox controller. You pay the money, though. And I mean, but, there is the uh, PlayStation has an equivalent now. Well, yeah, the scuff, which is essentially the the 
they already made a version on the Xbox and it's just they just did that same controller but made it for PlayStation. Yeah, it's which it's literally an Xbox layout, but for the I mean, so I kind of want one because <laughs> I I like that layout, <laughs> like I've said before. Yeah. But the um, I mean, that becomes a weird uh, question of brand loyalty because I know like I've I've even heard several people, and maybe that's just a a Montana thing. Like I, I swear, there's ev- everybody in Montana has a weird Xbox loyalty. Like <laughs> there there is. I, I can't believe the staggering amount of PS4 sold overall. And it's like, I know all of like two people that own a PS4. Hey, I have a PS4. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying that the, you, you definitely still are like... We actually have two. <laughs> yeah, but you're an Xbox fanboy still to your I core. I've, I've... And I, I think that's the thing. Like everybody I run into just on the street type scenario, it's like everybody's of, an of, Xbox person. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's a Pepsi thing. It is probably because yeah. Montana, the Pepsi is big here, and <laughs> it's you gotta, tied to that. It's tied, <laughs> it's to, tied the, to the I Pepsi. Mean, Halo, you get you get your Halo and your 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 Mountain Dew game fuel. I mean, it's kind of a machismo thing. I mean, I still think back that there was a time where I was having this conversation with this guy, and they were like, "Well, Xbox have ge- has games like Gears and Halo, yeah, Call that of are Duty." Exclu- yeah, they said Call of Duty, and I was like, it's "Like that's not exclusive, that's not but, exclusive." But, but that's then, what they played it on was an Xbox. They they were very convinced Call of Duty was an exclusive, but then they even like I said they they were like, "Well, PlayStation doesn't have any exclusives." Of what they said to me, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were like they don't have games like a gears and halo that are like just on that device i was like well, okay let's forget about god of war and like last of us and and they were like oh yeah i forgot last of us i want to play that and oh, i was God. like you guys <laughs> yeah i mean for me i just think it's basically how i grew up i mean i started with i mean i had like an atari 2600 then we moved to like a super nintendo i never i never had a nintendo we went straight to super nintendo um then after i got the n64 um and then by the time that i really wanted a gamecube but we never got one and the next thing we got after that was an xbox and basically I'll, i was sold on the xbox the second i went to like a friend's birthday party and we had they uh, had the halo halo demo. blue kids mind. like yeah when we were that age it hit right place right time middle that school it just and yeah it was just, devastated us. And it was just a demo like we played and it was like the fourth level and the first halo was what that demo was like the the silent cartographer i think was that one it's like the one where you're on an island and we replayed that thing so many freaking times and just trying to figure out all the crazy weird like getting the warthog into places that it can't go to (laughs) (laughs) i mean that there are so many like there are so few games that are just right place the right time and then once again having to be the correct age for it And, and i think uh as i've mentioned a little bit before but uh that Fortnite falls in that that i'm just not the right age for it but it hit those minecraft yeah. kids right place right time yeah and like i think that's what halo was for us but yeah also, same age i mean you have all these 12 13 year olds play, at playing Fortnite. Just, well now it's even like get, high school into, kids but just getting into shooters like yeah like arguably not their first shooter by any means because the market's oversaturated yeah. with them but it it combined that once again that minecraft element and especially now that they have that uh like build area that yeah. will be imported that i'm like yep that's adding more of that minecrafty element into it and, and it's a lot more digestible for like parents because oh look how colorful it is and yeah. like i had to when i was that age i had to like convince the hell out of my parents to let me play halo and then even after that like they were like i don't know about this you, the, the tabooness the is violence. what made those games fun yeah it being uh taboo you were like hey i'm getting into some dirty deal that's what made grand theft auto for our generation like so dark and dirty but 
but another game that I think hit right place, right time, and especially for our age group is Mario 64. And arguably it destroyed us because like people like me and I mean several people my age are Nintendo fanboys and just cannot be convinced otherwise. It's like Nintendo is just the best and cannot be told otherwise. Well, yeah, I mean, I that was one of my big games when I was a kid, but. I mean, obviously, I moved on to Xbox once Halo came out, and part of that's just because we never got a GameCube, and that was that would have been the next progression for me. And you didn't do it right. You screwed yeah, it up. <laughs> yeah, further furthering myself into the Nintendo area, I would have. I was subscribed to like game magazines and stuff. Nintendo and I was, Power. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And, and PC gamer. Like, <laughs> so I think I had it was Nintendo Power and uh, and the official Xbox magazine that I read. Uh, yeah, man, that magazine was that that one came with demo disc, right? Yep. Yeah, that yeah, one was I love cool. the demo discs, and I mean, but I always read about Pikmin, and I was like, I really oh, want Pikmin's Pikmin. So good. And I never, I to this day, I still haven't played any Pikmin games. That's the saddest thing I've it ever is. heard. Well, I mean, it's one thing I have. I odds have are, to go back and you get a Switch. It'll probably end up on there. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's probably something I, that's in line for my future. I mean, sadly, Nintendo is at a point where they are doing everything they can to devalue the Wii U legacy, which I mean, yeah, the, the Wii U was already a it, it was a failed console. Like there, there is no debate over that. It was a failed console. Yeah, they cut the but, left support off of that thing. But the sad thing was it did have a lot of really good games. Like, no matter what you look back, it's like it had Bayonetta 2, it had Mario Maker, it had, like, yeah. Super Mario 3D World, it had, like, a ton of really good games, and even, like, Mario Kart. The sad thing is, and this is becoming, once again, they're devaluing the legacy, is all those games are getting ported over, yeah. which is fine, because Switch needs a lot of good games, but then it becomes that sadness of, like, all right, the, it, like... What, like people like me who did buy the Wii U are essentially like, well, I, I paid all this money, got the Wii U and bought all these games. Like I bought Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. I bought, I mean, just all, all the games getting ported and I'm buying them again. And that's the sad yep. part. And I know I don't necessarily need to, but they're definitely adding stuff enough to make me want to. And like Tropical Freeze being a game that, releasing towards the end of the Wii U's life didn't get its fair shake. I do think it was a little bit wrong of them to resell that at 60 bucks, but it definitely probably didn't make its money worth money's worth. And then, yeah, that's definitely funky Kong is the way to go in that it is. <laughs> it gives you all the abilities of having every it's, it's like being donkey Kong, but with everybody on your back all at the same time. <laughs> it's great. And I, I always think though, another like, just because we're on the topic of it. Tropical Freeze, I feel, missed a note. It missed its chance, and especially with Super Mario 3D World that was out there that allowed four players and allowed you to to play with four players all as different characters, which was cool. I thought Tropical Freeze because they expanded the cast. So in Donkey Kong Country Returns, there was just Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Real classic and obviously trying to return yeah. to those roots but then in the newer one in tropical freeze they added back in dixie kong and they added in cranky kong you got a four four character cast yeah why is the game not four player yeah that's and why right. <laughs> and see this being another thing i love so much about 3d world is you didn't have to be mario yeah and as you know i i'm a huge luigi fan um <laughs> but th that's that's what this missed is you have to be Donkey Kong and all the other characters serve as supplements like Donkey Kong in a way like Diddy Kong add, gives Donkey Kong a jetpack kind of power 
Dixie Kong kind of adds her hair twirl and Cranky Kong adds his uh, cane kind of thing. And it's like, why can't I mix and match and have like, why can't we have a weird like fused combination and have different combinations based on who's doing what with like Cranky Kong and Diddy Kong? Or like, you know, Dixie Kong and Diddy Kong have a weird combination thing yeah. that they combine in an interesting way. And maybe like one on the back adds this like said thing to another character. And then if the other one's on the other one's back, it adds a thing. I mean, as much as that'd be a little weird seeing Donkey Kong like on Diddy Kong's back, it might be interesting. Be a little wobbly. I still want to see this. Uh, and I, I just think it was a it becomes a like was this intentionally like did they also think of that in the process and we're like wait that'll be better for a new game going forward and we'll just you know not put that in now and gradually step it up and i only say this because you think of games like uh mario galaxy they had planned to put yoshi in mario galaxy one and instead they just added him into two and i I, the ongoing joke for me has become that that's what makes it two. adding yoshi is what makes the mario (laughs) game a two so so currently with mario odyssey well there was a see they they broke the curse because there was a a very small yoshi portion at the end of odyssey but i was like if they go and do an odyssey two all yoshis all the time it'd be so much yoshi when was yoshi first introduced again Oh, was that Super Mario Brothers? I don't, you know, he wasn't in the original Super Mario Brothers. I, I, I know it. this becomes kind of a weird gray area and I can't remember specifically, but I know he was the most important in Super Mario World, but I believe he was technically invented before that. Oh, yeah, that's all I meant. Yeah, Super Mario World. I mean, it was, I yeah, mean, that was Su- Super huge. Mario World, he had, I mean, all he the had variants. a lot of, yeah, the, the blue one that could fly, which is easily the best one. Yeah. But kind of donning that question of if yoshi's a dragon because he can he can fly he can spit fireballs <laughs> he can swallow everything it's a black hole he's actually kirby he's gross i love kirby but that's gross <laughs> kirby is actually hitman kirby's racist is what he is <laughs> kirby is a racist stereotype why is he a racist stereotype? Okay, okay. Well, maybe he's not a stereotype, but you know, he is the king of cultural appropriation. He thinks he can just put on all those hats and it changes. He thinks it changes his race. He thinks he can just be whatever he wants. He's a cro- cultural appropriation king. <laughs> he's devaluing the culture of all these people you in that a, game. You make a good point. I <laughs> I don't have an argue against that one. He's... <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's stealing their culture. He's he's stealing everything. I mean, it's, he's is basically. He, uh, is he the true villain in Super Smash Brothers? I think that's the real like. You're you're hitting those are some deep questions. He probably is. I mean, he's the only one that survives in that intro se- sequence. Do you think he staged the whole thing of them all dying? I think he staged everything. I think he's a giant murderer. <laughs> I mean, I I always theorize like the Kirby verse is definitely where smash takes place. And I, I found, I found Sakurai's explanation actually kind of a crapshoot of him being like, yeah. he got away because he had a warp star. And it was oh, like, Jesus. <laughs> it was like, that's a bullshit explanation. The reason Kirby's the main character is because that's your other franchise. Yeah. Like, and once again, I are, I can argue that smash takes place in the, in the Kirby verse because in the Kirby verse, even prior to Smash, it like other Nintendo characters, as far as like there have been depictions of like Mario in yeah. those games. The Kirby verse is it's a strange place. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> 
It's a lovely mess. But you get your King Dedede's and uh, I don't really know King, what else. King Dedede is the true savior of Dreamland. He's the real protector of, of Dreamland. <laughs> he's this protecting is, it from Kirby. He is. You think I'm kidding, but it, okay, it, okay, we're going in the first game. He Like legit, he's the real protector of Dreamland and Kirby just shows up. Kirby's just upset because like his food got stolen. That, like in every game, he's always like, somebody stole my pie. And what does he do? He murders everyone. Not just that, he eats them. It, it, he all is he, sick and twisted. All he cares about is food. Yeah, he, he just goes on a murderous rampage because somebody stole like his cake. And yeah, and then like. Is Kirby a, an alien life form to this planet? Oh man, that'd be nuts. Is he a parasite? Oh man, that would be so crazy if he's like a <laughs> if if in the dreamland he is actually like an alien who just showed up <laughs> he's, and he's, took he's over. He's the only thing that doesn't belong there. I, I will say I, I I think this this battle should happen. I would like to see Kirby versus like One Punch Man. What if he swallows One Punch Man and becomes Kirby gets, One Punch Man? <laughs> I know. I mean, I think he's. He, I think. He, I think it's the one thing that would give a fair fight. But if he swallows One Punch Man, can One Punch Man punch him from the inside? That's real questions. We need uh, we need different people on this. We need some anime need analysts. Some scientists. We need some anime scientists on the task for this. All right. So, so, so where were we at? Were we at what I was playing aside from Smash? I mean, we had yeah. some Smash dialogue <laughs> I, in there. Uh, you played some- Celeste, didn't you? A yes, I, I've played a little bit of Celeste. I'm on chapter three, but I'm only on the A sides. Um, I I'm enjoying it so far. It's the the closest game I can compare it to is Super Meat Boy. It's a lot like Super Meat Boy, but like a little more technical because it has like like the areas are like a little bit more complicated. I'd say than some of Super Meat Boy stuff. But so is it like that fast paced then or? No, it's a little slower, okay. and that that's kind of like it because that's Super I'm Meat- using my way of saying it's a little more technical because you okay. you grab walls. Yeah, because Super Meat Boy is just like at at some point it becomes you get to a new stage and you're just developing the muscle memory to get through the yeah. Damn it, level. It's all, see, that's where Super Meat Boy and this differ a little bit because Super Meat Boy is so fast paced and like it doesn't matter if you die, and in this it also doesn't exactly matter. But you have to be once again that slower, more technical stuff of like grabbing onto walls and dashing and then like timing your because because you only get the one air dash and then you fall but there are some things that will give you other additional air dashes and like you want to like make sure you hit certain walls and grab them and it's all about them strawberries it's really the, the strawberry you want the, to collect all the strawberries strawberry collecting simulator you, you, no but <laughs> but yeah I mean, what, farming simulator or was it your farm far, is it farming simulator yeah, the well, there is it? a like, farming simulator. Yeah, farming, farming simulator 2019. I think it like it was at the top of like Steam sales for a little while there. That doesn't surprise me. Apparently, those are very popular games, and especially in Europe, where it's like we got off work and want to simulate more work. Yeah, like truck driving simulator. Like I'm a truck it's driver crazy. and I want to get off work and uh, I just can't stop thinking about truck driving. <laughs> like I've seen people like have like legit like actual setups with like gear shifters like you know that's I crazy i don't know if, if you've seen those like those crazy like it's usually cattle dri- cattle truck drivers where they have the sticks that are like freaking like they're above their head and they're they're sitting like this gotta like, reach their, up to shift their, it their, their their arm is above their head and they sit with their seat all the way down on the ground and they can see like maybe an inch of their windshield like these these people are insane I don't I've, like that. I've seen. Yeah, I do not I like that. 
it makes you scared to drive. Like next time you're, <laughs> next time you're driving next to a cattle truck, look inside. And I and, don't want to. And you'll be, you might be a little afraid for your life. Is that you'll something see, we like, can only do here in Montana? Is that <laughs> it, they do it all over the the country. It's it's. You know, we only have cattle here in Montana. It's a. <laughs> It's a weird for not like you'll look into their cab and capital. all you see is like the top of their like their really tall trucker hat. That's it. <laughs> like seriously, they they so I've seen dangerous. I've seen some of them where they they actually lower the inside of their cab so that their seat can be like they're literally seeing through like the hole under in inside of their steering wheel through the windshield. That's oh how low God. they're sitting. Like how do you see anything? Don't have to. I, just, I, I know these. I drive these roads when I sleep. It's muscle memory. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> We're tying it back in. It's muscle memory. Super Meat Boy on the road, <laughs> uh, turning people into meat when they just, get in the wrecks. Oh man, that is bad. It's it's yeah. It's a little scary. Do they get the a cool sometimes. playback of all the people they killed, like where they're all dying simultaneously? Because that I, all the carnage cattle be flying over the road. <laughs> but. But Super Meat Boy had uh, band-aids you could collect in levels, and yeah. that's kind of what the strawberries remind me of. Well, and then they had the portals where you can become the, characters yeah, from other games. Which, which was real cool. But And this, I, I I keep thinking of, like, which maybe in Super Meat Boy Forever, they'll have a Celeste character thing. But, uh, uh, like, those characters fit really well together, I think. But the art for... Celeste is like really really good and the soundtrack is really good what you need in a game like that because it is like you'll die a lot and you're going to get frustrated so you, yeah. you need kind of a calming soundtrack <laughs> and it I know all of it's kind of this uh I mean the whole idea of climbing this mountain is like kind of a metaphor for struggles just in general I feel like a lot of indie games really like live and die by the soundtrack oh I mean if there's well, I not think a that's good, a large part of it like if if there isn't a good soundtrack then people aren't as drawn to it I mean I mean I I kind of hate to say this but it's a lot of style over substance type thing like you need to look you need to look and sound and like feel really good over over like almost anything else and, and not to say these games don't have good stories and whatnot it's just that they're definitely more bite-sized yeah yeah there's um it was, I think it was first developed as a Flash game. I can't remember what was it. It might be. I think it was Cannibalt. You ever heard of that one? That sounds familiar. It's a bit. the one where you're. It's an infinite side-scrolling runner where you're you're jumping across rooftops. That sounds really. Familiar. And there's just like alien. There's like an alien invasion going on in the background, but like you're just and you just keep picking up speed and you're going faster and faster. But like it's just a. It's a simple game that looks decent, but the the music in it just gets you pumped and you're just like i gotta keep playing more of this music this game. can really i think that kind of becomes the when you when you have that when you have music that is so good and becomes a almost reason to play the game i think that's what pushes games over the top yeah i mean that's how i was with geometry wars like i didn't oh like, man just that like, soundtrack yeah. you could play for hours like the first the first one yeah but i mean like in the second one like i don't know if i i oh, I, I liked all all the geometry like, wars i played so much of them I guess it depends on what what mode you're playing in the second one, but actually, um, my favorite mode was the pacifism mode, and uh, I would just put on like hybrid, and I would just listen to like a hybrid soundtrack or uh, playlist while I was playing that game, and like I did so much better in that listening to that than I ever did listening to the stock music. So I was like, 
music can definitely change a lot. <laughs> see, see, and I know uh, with Geometry War, Geometry Wars is kind of what got me into shmups, like the shoot 'em up type genre. And I, like, I, I know they're a little bit different to some extent, but they they share a lot of commonality. But I, that's I love Geometry Wars and its soundtrack really plays a lot into that. But shmups in general have pretty like bumping soundtracks that like you can just jam to for yeah. hours. Yeah, uh, obviously one of them being like um, Hotline Miami. Oh yeah, that's. I mean, the soundtrack I mean, I, in that I, is just. I mean, there's there's a reason I bought the vinyl for. I mean, the, I haven't even played that game, but I've listened to the soundtrack for that game, like yeah. both Hotline Miami and Hotline Miami Two, like yeah. several several dozen times. Yeah, there's there. It's a really good soundtrack. I love that style of uh, synthwave type music. It, I mean, a, Carpenter Brute like yeah. alone is. Makes it worth the journey. (laughs) Roller Roller Mobster is a really good song. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, because it's definitely synthwave genre, um, but definitely in the outrun category. But that just that drove that game, really. I mean, I played part of it, but I'm I'm terrible at those type of games, so I couldn't really get that far in it. But I mean, you know what it was all about when you played it. A a game that has a really killer soundtrack and really flavorful uh, art style is Fury. And that that one was also a free PlayStation game. And I arguably wouldn't have checked it out if it wasn't free, which is sad because it is an amazing game. But it is kind of... I hesitate to say Souls-like, but that's like kind of where a lot of those games fall. That it's just like... It's a bunch of boss fights and that game controls really interestingly because it's somewhat... it's, It's somewhat like once again that souls like combat of like dodging and hitting but at the same time it's got shmup type elements where it like kind of zooms out and you're doing this shooter thing this twin stick shooter stuff uh fury is just it's a phenomenal game and it was free and i think people if if they haven't they should tough it out it's worth the it's worth the risk all right what else do you want to talk about i played the messenger i finished that up you finished the messenger huh the messenger is a really good game that i don't want to spoil here but it's really good and if you like ninja Gaiden and you like tough action platformers metroidvania games you should definitely check it out it's about took me about 15 hours to beat and you base i i i got everything in that game and you almost have to to beat it uh, so 15 hours for you would probably be about 30 for me <laughs> no i i it it onboards you like this game more than a lot onboards you very well because you as when you go through the levels they give you the skills required to do stuff late game or the challenge type sequences for these power seals but yeah i mean you don't have to get the power seals but you almost feel like you will because getting all the stuff to clear the game in general will lead you to those but yeah it's 15 hours it's like I mean, it's been on sale several times, and it's a great game. Uh, it's currently, I think, only on Steam and Switch, but I bet I wouldn't doubt if it's coming to PS4 and Xbox. Yeah, I wonder if it is. I, I wouldn't doubt that. And it's getting that free free DLC content, uh, which looks really good. And, I mean, that game was... I think it won a, a something at the Game Awards. If it didn't, it definitely was it was nominated so great game it's it's not my favorite of that style of game metroidvania type games that came out this year because dead cells is dead cells deserves all the recognition it got and more it's has everything art soundtrack addictive gameplay and it is 
I know it's getting a huge content update that will make that game even better, and it's already like a phenomenal game. And think saying that, I think of uh, a game I haven't checked out yet, but I definitely plan to because I I absolutely love Supergiant games. But they put out Hades, uh, which is it's not out yet, but it's in that early yeah, access yeah. on the Epic Game Store exclusivity temporarily they have said it is coming eventually to steam and everything else but it's, yeah, i think it's, they said like once it's out of their early access is when it releases everywhere yeah. else and i mean i it's, sadly i mostly play super giant games on console so but i'll probably eventually check this out on pc it sounds like i've, I've heard nothing but rage reviews and i wouldn't doubt that considering uh ha- having played through uh bastion several dozen times it's one of my favorite games of all time and they definitely uh, have a, a a certain level of polish with their games polish and i mean just the the artistry the music the like just they have a, a level of developing things that i feel is almost unmatched yeah i mean the year that bastion came out like i never stopped hearing about it people just talked about it all year long and, and, and i know i think the same thing's gonna be with the the same case for hades oh yeah i, I hear this is this sounds like the most hype I've heard anybody about one of their games because Bastion had a lot of hype and then I I felt there was less hype surrounding Transistor, but I know a lot of people really love Transistor. That's the only yeah. game of theirs I haven't played through all the way. Um, but I loved Pyre. Pyre was amazing and especially Pyre is very sports oriented like and it made me understand sports like I, I I get sports I guess on like surface level but it made me see how people care about like rivalries and that it's it's a little more than all these it, it, my, my, normally my disconnect is like why would you like watch this or like pay so much attention to all these players and like all this drama evolving this thing when you could just go like play said sport but I understood it more in playing that game because it, it dramatized kind of the sports elements and brought them into more of a fantasy setting. Uh, but Hades looks great, and I plan to probably eventually pick that up and play that. Um, but otherwise, I what we talked about the Messenger, we talked about Smash, we talked about Celeste a little bit. I did play the Assassin's Creed uh, Episode 1 DLC, and I mean, they have several free DLC updates, so I've, I've yeah. kind of dived a little bit into those. And I mean, so far it is just more Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So if just more of that, if that's yeah, what you if, like, if you liked the Odyssey, I think this is great for you. If you didn't, I don't know why you're still <laughs> playing the game, but I, I think it's this being just episode one, there's going to be five episodes of this and then five episodes of Atlantis stuff so that the DLC seems quite robust. And I'll actually say, I think... Did they do a season pass for this? Or? Yes, and it was a it was a $40 season pass, which I know is on the upper end of the cost for season passes, but it does net you a lot of stuff. Cause so it gets you all 10 of the... Um, all 10 of these episodes, plus uh, you get Assassin's Creed 3 remastered for with it and Assassin's Creed Liberations with it. So it's quite a bit of stuff. And I bought this because I really enjoy, like I just really enjoy Assassin's Creed, but even on top of that, I loved Origins a lot. And the DLC of Origins was the some of the best DLC I've ever played. So you're just kind of banking on that. They'll do the same thing with <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. And the uh, and I think what they're I think they're also mirroring what they did in in Origins, because in Origins, the first DLC pack was this this big map, but it was the first pack they did was grounded kind of in reality. Yeah. And then the second pack was this more mystical. Uh, you're slaying pharaohs and it kind of got weird and you're <laughs> you, you're it had harpies and these giant scorpions yeah. and these Anubis guards. And that was that was some of the best stuff. 
I've played, and I'm thinking this will do the same thing that currently we're do- uh, Darius is in this DLC pack, and he's quote unquote the first assassin. Um, he has a, a hidden blade, though it's a it's a top style instead of an under the arm style, uh, so he doesn't have to cut a finger off, thankfully. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we get to see kind of the origins of the hidden blade. And Darius being essentially the the original assassin, I guess it, it not the he doesn't invent the order or the creed, but he's the original assassin, and he's been featured in other games, uh, at least in like a statue form. But we're we're getting his his story and like information on his past with Xerxes, and don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, he we're getting a lot of information on his past and what happened with Xerxes and like Persian stuff. And this opens up, like I said, this is if you liked Odyssey, this is more Odyssey because it opens up. And you remember the uh, cultist, how there were that cultist map on there of targets was huge. Yeah. There's a second one of those now. Oh God. <laughs> um, and currently there's only like one branch. So I think there's what, I think seven targets, may- maybe less, but thinking that there's going to be five episodes, there'll probably be branches per episode. So there'll probably be five branches of this. Are there any elusive targets? No, <laughs> but bring in a hitman con- connection. <laughs> But, but it seems, like I said, this seems more like the grounded to reality story and the Atlantis stuff definitely will be the more fantasy, like, yeah. I'll, I'll say the cool DLC, <laughs> but... The, the good stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, I hate to put them on a pedestal because that always sets people for self-destruction, but Ubisoft currently, I think, does the best DLC. Like, you get a lot of bang for your buck on it. Like, despite the fact that it's 40 bucks, I mean, you're getting t- 10 episodic things, so they're they're rolling out pretty regularly. Yeah. Odyssey is getting a lot of free content. Like, it added, what, 20 extra levels uh, that you can level up through. It added a Cyclops. There's a weird uh, theater play thing. I haven't played through that yet, but they're adding a lot of free content and I can't wait to see more of that stuff going into that game. But Ubisoft, so their Origins had phenomenal DLC, some of the best I've ever played. And then this, I'm hoping, will do the same. They Another DLC that they did recently was for Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. That DLC was a very substantial, like arguably added another two-thirds of that game onto that game it, it breathed a lot more life into that game yeah it's crazy that they add so much content just for dlc i mean that's not something you see these days a lot well in the uh oh i guess i should mention the dlc this episode one for this took me about five hours to beat so yeah that's if you think five hours and then you times that by about maybe five uh give or take, but that's, that's going to be 25 hours. And then there's two packs. So that's going to be probably about another 50 hours worth yeah. of content, which is that's robust. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost like they're going back to the days of when there were legit expansions to games rather than just like DLC kind of brought it down to this with level wars, microtransactions, and you get just a little bit of things here and there, but like back, back before there was downloadable content, it was, you would pay 30 bucks and you would get, like basically half of a whole game see and now you're seeing uh like like you you kind of said a little bit ago uh expansions used to be pretty pretty big uh things and that they were a little bit expensive but you got a lot for your buck but looking at that that far cry uh that far cry new dawn i think is it is it called 
well, the post-apocalyptic Far Cry that's coming yeah. out, and that being a forty dollars game. Cry. Uh, but yeah, that it being a forty dollars game kind of sh- goes back to that expansion kind of thing because this is definitely built in the same engine and looks and is t- t- presumably takes place immediately after the events of of Far Cry Five. So this looks like a, once again a more budget purchased but standalone element. And and once again, I'm fine with it being priced at forty bucks. And that kind of I think is in that realm of what old expansions were. Yeah. And I, th- I think th- there have been several games that have done this. Uncharted Lost Legacy being one of them, because that game came out as a budget purchase, like a $40 game. But that was originally a... It was supposed to be part of the season pass for Uncharted. And then it kind of just got too big. And season pass holders, I believe, did get that a digital version of that game for free. But once again, that it, it's kind of became a DLC that got a little out of hand and got a little bit bit too big and then they just kind of made it its own thing but at 40 bucks that's that's a reasonable price i think yeah for the amount of content you're getting for sure yeah so and i'm definitely all for budget purchase games um because i i mean the ps2 era i think and largely the ps3 era especially was full of games that were 60 dollar priced games that probably shouldn't have been 60 dollar priced Uh, they should probably been uh, more budget priced and i think they would have performed better um a game that I, I I think definitely was a little bit overshadowed on the PS3, which maybe people maybe you've heard of it. Um, Puppeteer was uh, was a forty dollar budget purchase game that was a PS PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, I've I've heard of it. I never played it though. It it was really good and definitely worth forty bucks. But it like I said, there there were all it when that came out, it showed me like oh there should just be more games that are priced in this forty dollar price range. And every game doesn't need or shouldn't be 60 bucks. And I think would perform a lot better if they weren't. Yeah. Well, I think we should probably get to some news. I think we've talked. Lay it for, on me. What, what I, do you want me to comment on? <laughs> I, I know I talk at length ad I, nauseum. I, I didn't. I forgot to set a timer. And I think we've been going for like at least an hour <laughs> by now. I talk ad nauseum. So uh, first, are you are you familiar with. A brand named Supreme. A brand named Supreme? Yes. Like the clothing brand? Yeah, Supreme. Oh, God. Um, What is this? Are you familiar with Samsung? Yes. Samsung partnered with Supreme in China. To release the Samsung Supreme Burrito. But here's the catch. It's not the real Supreme. (laughs) It's not the real Supreme that they, they, they partnered with. It's... A fake Italian Supreme. That's been... this is complicated. <laughs> but go on. It, this is no more complicated than a Kingdom Hearts game. And they they held a press conference for it. But I don't think they really announced anything. They just kind of, yep, we're it. We're uh, doing stuff with Supreme now. All right. I well, that. <laughs> but uh, that's hardly news. Go on to something else. Uh, in the in the other vein of um Samsung. With Apple starting this whole trend of the notch in your phones and how this year, this year, almost every phone that came out has a notch. Well, because yeah, Apple, I guess, is a trendsetter. They shouldn't be, but okay. Because for some reason, we need to have like corners of a screen that extend all the way up to the top of the screen. I did like how the Pixel 3 had a temporary glitch that did a double notch. (laughs) That was pretty great. The side notch. Um... (laughs) So Samsung skipped right past the notch and they're going with a hole in the screen. Uh, they just announced the uh, what the eight, the A8S or A8 line. 
this sounds like a bad knockoff brand line. But <laughs> but they um comes with a hole in the middle of your fucking phone. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so instead of having a notch for the camera, it's literally just a circle where there's no screen. It's just your front facing camera. I hate this. I do. T- I do, too. I hate all but not, this. Not only that, but like there's already like uh, the Honor View 20 will have a 48 megapixel camera and uh, and in display hole. And then there's al- they're already rumored, rumored that Xiaomi uh, will also do the same thing. <laughs> Trend setting. So that's going to be the 2019 thing. Um, also, the well, good. New, I'm not getting a phone in 2019. The, the new Samsung phones don't have a headphone jack. Or am I getting a new phone in 2019? I don't know. <laughs> so I think that bodes not well for the next, uh, the S10s and or the Note 10. I mean, we, uh, there hasn't been a huge boom in cell phone tech. It like. We need battery yeah i was like it got good and then it's kind of been like when i upgraded my phone it's just been it was kind of lateral it yeah i mean mine it's still it's superior to my last phone for sure but it's not like world changing in any capacity yeah i mean and the note 8 that i have is it's the thinnest phone i have yet and i absolutely don't see what there why there isn't a reason that they can't make it thicker or make it the same thickness as the previous phones and then have a bigger battery because we want you to lose it and buy a new one or break it in half and buy a new one put in your back pocket and bend we want it as breakable as possible no i want those i want an indestructible foldable screen is what i want i want to fold it and i want my screen to have pockets in it so it can hold my money and my cards it's just my new wallet it's like a a thousand dollar wallet that you put in your back pocket and sit on so that's that's all i had for mobile news uh and other quick tech news mobile um, news sucks <laughs> are you are you familiar with rgb the colors so corsair is now putting out Ooh. ram that yeah. is not ram what is it it just it just goes in your ram slot but what is it and and it just has rgb lights in it so what <laughs> yep it's just for colors yep that's basically the whole thing is like where someone if someone were to only use two sticks of RAM. You but can just all, fill the other sticks. You just with fill the other two lights. With, yep, that's basically that's all. That's really it's for. dumb. That's all it's for. It's just aesthetic. I love Corsair though. They make really good quality RAM. Yeah, and other things. I mean, quality I, keyboards, quality CPU coolers. Yeah, they, they're a good brand. This seems weird, but whatever. People just aesthetics. Everyone loves the RGB stuff these yeah, days. Yeah, it's like people love color changing things. It's kind of like I mean, uh, I love color changing things. I want everything to be RGB in my computer. <laughs> Well, I mean, people love customizing things or feeling special in a way, having things look a certain way. Yeah. It's what people like. We, I, I mean, it's like it. they're, they're selling them like, it's like 40 bucks for two. That seems a little expensive, but whatever. I mean, it's, it's way cheaper than RAM right now. <laughs> yeah, but you're actually getting something with the RAM. Yeah. Instead I mean, of lights. I don't know. Like, I wouldn't spend $40 on that myself. Like, I would just... I'll just save another maybe hundred bucks and actually just double my RAM. Yeah, I I can't see like I wouldn't ever do this because I just I would rather have more RAM myself. But yeah, but I, I mean, mean I guess if you're you're an artist, you need all the RAM for your scratch I'm discs. Gonna eat all the RAM. I mean, me too. I mean, in design and then music production, like all that stuff, just loads right into the RAM. And then Chrome. I mean, one tab will fill out everything. <laughs> I mean, I hardly use 
Google Chrome anymore. I mean, I do because it syncs to my phone really well, but I mean, these days I'm usually using Firefox. Yeah, I was going to say that Firefox rebuilds real nice. All right, so so let's just go to the next thing. So people have figured out that SNES Classic can run PlayStation 1 games better than the PlayStation Classic. Wow. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. That PlayStation Classic does not seem... It seems like it was shoved out the door very quickly. Yeah. I mean, wasn't it... Who are those guys on YouTube that do, like, the really in-depth hardware uh, teardowns? I'm not sure, but... I can't remember who they are, but it is... Like, these people, like, tore down the the PlayStation Classic, and they're like, yeah, don't buy this thing. <laughs> well, it's like repurposed PlayStation TVs and or Vita TVs, whatever the hell, but, yeah, it's seems like garbage. I mean, I... I'm a huge Sony fan and I love the PS1 era and the game selection on there doesn't seem great and they're not a DualShock controller. It's a hundred bucks. You look at the the SNES Classic and the NES Classic have like quite literally the, I would say, near perfect amount of game, like the near perfect collection of games on there. It Like Sans, the SNES doesn't have a uh, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. But it's it's pretty close it's a, it's a very great sampling of what those consoles had to offer yeah well and even they're like 60 the, bucks yeah and the the snes one like people have actually just got inside there and just stripped can, it out and it's basically since it's an emulator people just add whatever Ends games they Nintendo want to it. made a very good emulator yeah <laughs> and i mean what they and since nintendo they're crazy people they they actually built the emulator themselves whereas the playstation when they actually used an existing emulator see i i get both ends of this and i think i I more appreciate that nintendo had the craftsmanship to want everything to have a specific look and feel to it that they did just build it from the ground up but i also get the idea of like oh somebody else has already done all the work like why would we do it when we technically own all that stuff yeah Uh, so i get both sides of it but that once again aids to the fact of like Sony side of things feels very cheap and it feel like the fact that they named it a PlayStation classic is really just ripping on the Sony classic. And I mean, it, I mean yeah. the, the Nintendo classic, yeah. but if you look at also that that's riffing on Coca-Cola with Coke classic. Yeah. Everything's got to have the classic. Uh, so up next, uh, this is uh, bad news for me. Apparently with the interview with uh, Reggie, he um, expressed that they are not going to release a revision of the Switch anytime soon. So despite the rumors that there's going to be a revision for the Switch, uh, uh, well, yeah, Reggie's that's denying it. Revision stuff. Either he has to deny this to save face for the company and maybe the, it's just stuff that can't be out there right now. Yeah. Um that or like we talked about uh, maybe they're they are planning to have better screens maybe different screens uh and once again go maybe like maybe do a bigger hardware model or a smaller hardware model or maybe both yeah like i mean me personally i hope they are because i mean that's kind of what i've been waiting for i usually i usually don't hop on the first generation of something it's smart i i mean i know i'm like i i just I have to be there first and I have to be talking about that stuff with everybody out there. And yeah. I'm a super Nintendo fanboy. but even on top of that, I do with Sony as well. I'm like, I need to be there first. I still have my, I have my PS4 that is just a regular original PS4 from launch. And then I also have, I mean, it's dead now, but I have had an original fat PS3. Yeah. Oh yeah. We had, we actually had a, 
one of those PS3s too, also <laughs> dead. Uh, Mine which was, was unfortunately probably the hardest working PS3 in human history. It was, <laughs> I think, me shutting it off and playing, switching to playing PS4 a little more is what killed it. It, it, <laughs> it just it one, once depressed. it shut off, it just once it was off for like more than a week, it oh, yeah. just died. It was like uh, finally I, I can anymore. rest, and it just closed its eyes and RIP. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know, I think with the Switch, I mean the fact was I mean I already had the Wii U which I got like a you couple got pretty years. Late. Yeah, I got the Wii U pretty late and I already had the PlayStation 4. I already had the Xbox. I'm like, well, I mean I have like all these games to play on the these consoles. So you know I mean what? I can wait on the Switch. Sell your Wii U towards the Switch. Sell your Wii U and all the games and get a Switch. I might. I might. That's a 100% any game you have on there will will either show up on the switch in some iteration i mean even i I look at mario maker how that's obviously not on switch but i'm like (laughs) i'm like that probably like the further we go that would be mario maker i mean i don't think it'll get a port in all honesty i think we'll just see mario maker 2 it's like it'll just be better yeah the the longer time we wait the more improbable like the more it becomes ridiculous to port it and in the case of mario maker i think they'll just be like here's mario maker 2 and all the original mario maker levels are compatible and you can like like look them up easier and it it might be i i think of uh, not to not to put smash like down or anything because smash ultimate is really good but both smash and like definitely smash has a lot of recycled assets and and definitely all the new stuff is built on top of kind of older systems or refined is i guess the better word and similar with i think splatoon Splatoon, despite once again being great and all, it does feel more like a 1.5 and like more of a mid-step and not a full new game. But they knew like they needed a big online type game on there right away. Yeah. And Splatoon especially. Splatoon is in a place where the first game got a lot of content post-launch and Nintendo has been doing this very well lately, providing a lot of games with a lot of post-launch content that is usually free. And I think they've been handling that very well. But that's, once again, I, I think maybe with a Mario Maker 2 that it will still, once again, incorporate all those elements of 1 and maybe feel more like a Mario Maker 1.5 in a way. But that's also not a bad thing because I feel Mar- Mario Maker didn't quite get its place in the spotlight fully yeah. because the low cells of the Wii U... And I feel in part they tried to remedy this by making a version of that game that is on the 3DS because that's a wider audience. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's definitely true. So, um, so yeah, they, it'd, it'd be just leaving money on the table if there wasn't a like Mario Maker iteration, but I bet that's like in the works as we speak. Yeah, I really hope so because I'd like to see a Switch Mario Maker. To everybody listening out there, sell your Wii U if you have one, get a Switch. And, and if you're waiting for a <laughs> hardware iteration sell your switch that you just bought with your wii u money and buy whatever switch iteration comes out <laughs> so up next um since i lo- i know you love fortnite we gotta talk i about love fortnite. all that fortnite news we're a um, fortnite podcast apparently <laughs> so so um apparently their data miners uh found hints that thanos is going to return yeah i wouldn't doubt that i mean with a movie around the corner that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah I don't know, that first thing was crazy. I never actually got to play during that. I hear Wreck-It Ralph delivers the death blow to Thanos. 
I'm going to wreck it. <laughs> That's what he said. He's right before it. I'm going to wreck and he it. He just snaps everybody out. <laughs> uh, but God. it's Wreck It Ralph style. Those big hands. He's the only one who could wear that glove. That's not Thanos. Said a couple um, Super Smash Bros. Brothers Ultimate this next week. There will be an update, and apparently it destroys your replays. So if you're out there playing playing Smash Ultimate, don't bother with the replays right now. Because or back the up- them up, put them somewhere. Yeah, I guess. I, that's safe. I, I, yeah, I, upload them to YouTube. I don't know, but yeah, that's gonna. I mean, that seems fine this early, like to do something like that. It would be different if this was a year out and there were like five <laughs> replays. <laughs> God, could you imagine if like that happened with something like Rocket League? Oh man. Like I have so many, I, I, I have hours and hours of Rocket League replays just but, saved. I mean, nobody's been. I feel most people have just been earning characters so far. I mean, there, there, there's definitely plenty of people who probably already have all the characters, but it's like for the most part, yeah. nobody's playing quite heavily in a competitive sense. I don't think yet, unless that's once again your, your bread and butter. I guess if that's how you make your money. And then um, I couldn't find anything for like. US sales, but apparently like 1.3 million was it? Yeah, 1.3 million copies were sold in Japan on launch. Yeah, which and I know this is it's already the uh, supposedly it's already beating out games like Zelda and uh, like outpacing the Breath of the Wild sales and outpacing the Mario yeah. Odyssey I mean, sales. It's probably the most anticipated game of theirs in a long time. I know, and I mean, I, I've heard such statements that like it, which seemed ludicrous to me being like such a Smash enthusiast, but people saying like smash doesn't move units but it's like there are plenty of people i know who bought like both bought a wii u and bought a switch being like that's my smash console yeah like i just bought that for smash so and i mean it's got everything in it it like it's got all your nintendo favorites in it so yeah it's just more or less getting a mario and a zelda and all that is icing on the cake in a way but yeah it's smash is definitely a console seller in a way and I know, once again, I know maybe people like you who don't play a lot of Smash, it doesn't do that for you. It doesn't tickle your fancy, maybe. And, like, I, I would still love to see stuff like Mario Kart, in a sense, of, and maybe a new Mario Kart. Because cur- currently, obviously, the Mario Kart Deluxe is the old Mario Kart with just some new bells and whistles. But a new Mario Kart that is more like a Smash, like, just has, like, a whole, the whole fucking Smash roster. Yeah like all with carts would be so cool and like obviously we have a mario tennis out there but i would love even like these mario games that are are like a mario tennis or like a mario golf or the mario soccer or especially like even like a mario baseball all with just the entire smash roster (laughs) it would be like so crazy uh all right so next we had um so the release window for super meat boy forever i don't know how i feel about that that game (laughs) it's gonna be I'm like interested, but it looks, it looks like it, it's, it looked like it made some changes to the Meat Boy formula that I'm not exactly like on board with, but yeah, it's a, an auto runner. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the reviewer says it's not exactly a bad thing, but I don't know, I guess we'll see, but I mean, it's going to be, uh, on the Epic store exclusively for a year and the creator, Tommy Rafanis. So he's quoted saying that the new Epic Store was desperate, desperately needed to get Steam to give a shit. Yeah, I, I so some pretty some pretty harsh words towards Steam. Well, I think it's 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 a very real thing. Everybody need. I think 
to Epic Store offering this, what, like 12, uh, the, like they only take 12% of the profits. And yeah, the rest go to the revenue split is crazy. It's unbeatable. And I, I think this just will, competition is always good. Like any amount of competition is really good because then you will get them yeah. to actually make decisions that are good for customers. Yeah. And, and the, that, that lot or the Epic Store is just, they're, they're doing crazy things like they became like a powerhouse overnight because of Fortnite. Like they're 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 basically reliving the golden days of Unreal Tournament now because <laughs> they're back on top. Yeah, which is it's great for them. I'm glad to see yeah. them back in a, a position. I just I wish Fortnite wasn't the thing to do it. But that's <laughs> and I mean fine. now they're they're going to be giving away a free game every two weeks. For yeah, for the, a bit, for a year. which is, I think, aren't they starting with, uh, no, they're not starting with Meat Boy, but... Subnautica. Yeah, Subnautica and then Meat Boy, I think. Yeah, so it's like, all you gotta is, do is log in and claim it. Well, and I, I mean, the all a lot of those services are, like, uh, I know the Twitch Prime, uh, if, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, they give tons of free games a month away, which yeah. is, I think, similar to, obviously, the Xbox stuff and the PlayStation stuff. Yeah, I mean, even um, Discord, you have the Discord Nitro, and you get free games with that, too. Like, that's, like, the thing now. You get so, a lot I mean, of free games. can basically thank Sony for blazing that trail. <laughs> well, I mean, were games with gold before PlayStation Plus games? I can't oh, remember. No. no, PlayStation. Oh, yeah, like, they were. PlayStation, because that's, that's, they've been doing that since they started charging for online. Yeah, I mean. Like, as soon as they started charging for online, they're like, well, we need to, like, make this be worth it for people because... We never charged for people to play online before, so they started doing the free games every month. Yeah, and then that's they did been going games for years with gold. and years. And games with gold didn't happen until the Xbox One. And those because uh, the free games with PlayStation Plus has been going since PlayStation Three. Yeah, good point. I just so, I, I mean, I've been was, subscribed so long, I don't. Yeah, I lose track. Yeah, I mean the games with gold thing was basically them just being trying to play yeah, catch every, up, you know, like trying to get every trying to get back in the good graces because the launch of the xbox one was so bad see and nintendo's going a little alternative route because they're the 20 bucks gets you that the nes stuff which is pretty cool like it has some cool stuff but i just it there's not a lot there right now which i mean it's fine they're they haven't been on the market for too long but it's almost taking the uh game pass approach as yeah. their subscription service yeah because at first weren't they going to try to do a thing like oh you can <laughs> the the first details that came out way before they were going to launch anything whereas something like you would get you would get to play this game for a month but then after that month was up you can't play it anymore yeah which i mean who knows who knows how far that was or what they were planning i i think they are taking the right approach and i think right maybe what will happen is we'll see an incremental thing like okay this is 20 bucks and you get this nes library and then maybe they'll be like hey for like 20 more dollars you get the snes library and maybe they'll that will also be a separate package maybe like you could still just pay 20 dollars and get the snes library and then maybe like hey for 40 dollars you can get like or just however many more dollars they'll be like here's the gamecube library yeah yeah but i i think that would be that'd be a great idea if they're not doing that but (laughs) like i i can't help but think that's they're just building to catalog their games better and then kind of roll them out because i know there's uh 
I don't know if you saw, but there's the there. I, I think I may have mentioned this before, but there's the Zelda on there that has kind of like cheat codes or you start with all the like weapons and yeah. like all the money and it kind of makes the game easier to go through, which I think is great because that makes that game a little bit more digestible, especially for people who have never played it and that just kind of want to like get through it and just kind of know what what that game's about. But then they put a, a Metroid game on there right now that uh, is the Ridley fight, I guess. I, I haven't checked any of this stuff out, but there's... And then there's one other that is just... Uh, oh, it was like a Dr. Mario thing that's a cutscene for if you had beaten the game. It, it's something where normally to get it and not many people saw it was beating the game on the with max viruses on maximum speed. And it, it gave you like a weird cutscene thing and this kind of just gets you that. And so huh. I, I think that's cool that they're adding these like little kind of extra things for like maybe if games because old games were really hard and kind of still in that arcade mindset of like yeah. ways to suck down quarters from yeah, people exactly. and shake them for all they're worth or once again creating that artificial like making games very difficult just to extend the length people are playing. So instead of like beating it in the like five hours or like yeah. a couple hours it would take to technically beat it, it made it take months to get to a point that you're good enough to complete <laughs> months it. and hundreds of dollars of quarters yeah but <laughs> so yeah it's nice that they're just kind of adding these like oh here's an easier way to kind of get through it if you yeah. just wanted to get through it for the sake of story or whatever yeah, like just to kind of see it some games nowadays just kind of play the game for you so you can just experience the story yeah which i mean i i know when that start like one of the games i think highly of when they did it was the Star Fox game on wii u that it had a uh it had a a difficulty that you just you couldn't die and i don't think you took damage i haven't i haven't played it because that's just not how i play games <laughs> but i know people well, made people a big just stink. Want the story yeah i was like people made a big stink though being like oh, this is like, you're not a gamer if you play on this mode. Why would anybody play on this mode and why include it? And I was like, why not include it? More options always just yeah. are like, how is having more options available bad? And, and if it's only people, better for the studio because they're going to get more money out of it. Yeah, I was just like, if if people want to see the game and don't care about things being hard and just want to cruise for, through it, and I know after a day of work, sometimes I do want to just sit down and I, I think of the Dynasty Warriors type games of like, yeah, I just want to sit down and like mow down hundreds of people and feel like a god. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to just play a, like, I, I don't go to games for the Dark Souls experience every time. You go get out your um, Xbox 360 or your PlayStation 3 and uh, you put in prototype. <laughs> and then you just feel like a god. Blow everybody up. Well, I they never... did. They they put prototype on the PS4. Is and, it on the PS4? And probably Xbox One. It's it had a a dual dual pack with uh huh. that were remastered. I mean, they probably didn't really do much. They're I just... didn't even know that. Like I, yeah. I never beat that game, but I mean, you back can be then, an absolute it was, beast. It was fun as hell just to freaking mow people down in that. Game. I backed the other game that came out around the same time, which was Infamous, which is kind of like two halves of the same coin yeah i mean i also another game i didn't finish but i like i really liked the concept i never finished infamous either <laughs> it was <laughs> just the one like, i bought at the time now there's infamous 2 infamous second son Wh which those games i part of me doesn't understand which maybe it's coming for all we know and maybe holding off till ps5 but why is there no infamous pack with just like infamous one two and second son like all just all three in a pack at this point yeah, i don't know since second son was like a launch title who knows man i i mean i have a lot I'm, of questions like that of like <laughs> this seems like a no-brainer just like tape all these games together 
I almost think, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of fatigue for open world type games these days, but at the same time, it's still the only thing <laughs> that's being made. I mean, open world makes sense, like, as a logical progression of yeah. where you would go, because people like I, I said a little bit ago like people like character customization they like feeling unique or like their experiences are unique to them even if once again it's an illusion because you there, there's always a guided path and i yeah I, I i think god of war did this once again this illusion of freedom of choice or freedom of exploration because there there was definitely the very linear mainline story and it had very little amount of side quest yeah but you still kind of felt like you were out doing your own thing even though you're kind of weren't <laughs> <laughs> yeah that i mean that kind of reminds me of like the first fable i mean it was sort of open world but kind of not and that that's once again just veiling you need to just veil the fact that you're not truly open i think that's good enough i always think of the term illusion of choice and that happens with a lot of dialogue options in games and i i think of the telltale games especially where you make options but they really don't impact the story too heavily you just you pick and then it'll be like clem remembered that but then once again it doesn't the the events still happen like yeah. if somebody was going to die they're still going to die for the most part there's very few areas you could interchange and once again somebody will still probably die just you can change who maybe died or not but the the quantic dream games like Heavy Rain did a bit better of a job at creating these choice moments and making it so like character deaths or other things had a lot larger impact on the story as a whole. Yeah. And that that felt a little bit more choice oriented. And once again, like a lot of games create just these illusions of choices and illusions of dialogue options and that your player choice actually impacts the game. And currently that's been what the, a large focus of uh, the game industry has been is having uh, the world like your rea your reactions having an impact at the world or feel grand in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Mass Effect. <laughs> mm -hmm. They they managed to make that illusion of choice world across across three, three whole games. Big games. Yeah, that that did not end well necessarily. Um, but yeah. And then I think. I think we're also entering a space where I would like to see the next, like, really cool thing where choices you make based on your character customization, like, changing the world, like, having yeah. it react to you in a way of, uh, like, theoretically, your skin color, I mean, that being just a really basic thing, but maybe your gender and they react to that. Like, once again, not, not implying anything sexist or racist in a sense, but if you are making a historically accurate game and being in a historical period and recreating those feelings of that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't, um, didn't Skyrim kind of do that a little bit? Like if you were Khajiit, like everyone was just yeah. racist towards you. Yeah. They, they, I mean, touch on it in a very base sense. Yeah. But but I would like to ha see it like maybe have larger gameplay moments or maybe even gameplay s like sections of story that you may not get at all if you're like X race or like cr creating like cool like once again that unique experience like you, this may be a story or gameplay element that only happens if you're X race gender or you know what whatever height we and that I think that would be an interesting commentary on the world at large because. Yeah those things happen in real life that the 
very much so there's biases on height and biases on weight, biases on all all kinds of things. And I think that would just create a really interesting social commentary. And maybe that would be the next big indie game might tackle a situation like that as much as that becomes a really hard thing to build. But anyway, what's the next on the news? All right. uh, We had uh, Nintendo applies for Metroid, Other M, and Super Mario Galaxy smartphone-related uh, trademarks. It's a little weird that it's other other M related, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, they definitely are diving. It seems oddly specific. Yeah, they're diving headlong into the cell phone market makes a lot of sense because everybody's got cell phones. Everybody buy like people yeah. dump money into those games. I I'm not one of them, but people <laughs> there is big money to be made. There I mean, is. looking at that Pokemon Go made so much money and continues to do so yeah and it's like having a resurgence this year oh yeah and i mean i can't imagine going forward every time they add generations of pokemon and like iterations on that game being slightly better just people getting back into it it's it's still just such a shame who's developing it i'm I'm not a niantic fan yeah i mean it is what it is this is similar to the Fortnite discussion (laughs) yeah i yeah team 17 teases freezing new content for overcooked 2 that's gonna be good yeah overcooked 2 is already a great game yeah it's a really good game it won what in the family friendly genre family genre yeah i'm i'm a big overcooked fan like ever since the first game i've like i've loved that idea yeah i Um, love that it more plays with the i mean any game that kind of is plays with stuff in the real world and that it plays with the communication aspect and just people talking to one another is the key component to make that game work. Yeah. I mean, in the, I mean, if (laughs) I've having worked in a real kitchen, I mean, it simulates it very well. Yeah. I mean, in a weird way, because I mean, this, this game is crazy as shit, but I mean, like there's lots of like yelling across the kitchen to other people to do something. Warning and, people you're behind constantly. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like I need freaking shrimp. (laughs) Yeah give me the ingredients I need. And like, you're just yelling at the prep cooks or the prep cooks are yelling at the people not putting the food out fast enough. And like, it's a very crazy game and I think it works really well. And it's one of the few games out there that really got me excited in a group setting. And what we're all yelling at each other to play the game and not suck at it. I I love that, especially in the indie scene, couch co-op is a big focus and that, that it's just great to bring that back. Yeah. It's something that definitely disappeared a lot uh, with the rise of online gaming, um, Xbox Live and whatnot. Everyone just kind of moved away from the idea of split screen or couch co-op and, oh, well, everyone just buy your own Xbox and play in your own bedroom. It's like and this idea that we're more connected ever like than we ever have been. And yet we're also more segregated than we ever have been. Yeah, that I mean, that's beautifully put. Um, but yeah, just finding just ways to get people back in a room together, yeah. playing games together. And I mean, I, I do think all these games that do have couch co-op should still include an online component because a lot of people yeah. do have friends and family and stuff that live far away. And it is nice yeah. to game with people, you know, and well, like, could you imagine like to, couch co-op, like overcooked, like couch co-op where there's four of you in the kitchen versus like another other people, like another group of four people. 
and like it's kitchen versus kitchen. Oh, that is awesome. Like that's a good idea. <laughs> I would love to see a kitchen versus kitchen story mode or like Team like, 17 there's I'm you, calling you out. You got to make this happen for Oh man, that would be three. so great. Cuz then you could what, what you would do is compete order-wise of who can get orders out faster. Like it, it couldn't yeah. it, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be there I would think several modes of this. So there could be like just a score-based mode but even like just a race of who does what order when and yeah. just it they take whatever's the fast <laughs> that could be like a, a really good like tournament type thing too oh I mean, i'd love to see that just big a big tournament of couch co-op goofy <laughs> e- a really goofy esport which I, i'm all for that that stuff. would be really cool um i'd be all for that um because i mean not only is it really goofy but it's also super competitive you could have a really funny shirts versus skins situation where the <laughs> skins are just getting burned by hot oil in the kitchen because if anybody uh has ever cooked shirtless it it can hurt sometimes <laughs> yeah. uh even i mean arguably sometimes it's worse with the clothes because i mean if you, you get hot grease on your clothes if you, if you get yeah your... if you're like wearing like even if you're wearing like hot gloves um you get some boiling water on those hot gloves and then you, then you have boiling hot gloves that you got to rip <laughs> off your hands really fast. <laughs> so, oh. uh, yeah, uh, not not good times. I've, I mean, I'm speaking from experience on that one. <laughs> but, yeah, I would, lo- I would love to see that, though. A, a head-to-head 4v4, like, man, that'd be great. Bring back competitive multiplayer. I, I would love to see, uh, like, once again, kitchen versus kitchen is the best way to do that instead of, like, right now, obviously, you can Your team online. name could be, like, your restaurant name. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Dude, you, yeah, I think you you wrote the whole next game for them. They, they don't, um, then for the fourth, over- it's the kitchen battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> kitchen royale your your bunch of kitchens you dropped off of dropped off from a plane um <laughs> the whole restaurant is just airlifted into an island and you got to go out and find the ingredients and bring them back to your kitchen adding a survival element to <laughs> a cooking game oh, i'm God. all for it <laughs> god this sounds great i hate I, coming up with theoretical game ideas that probably will never exist so fortnite Another Fortnite thing, obviously. Uh, they they announced that whole block idea where they're going to have custom community content that will generate in the game. And I'm sure, I don't know how they're choosing what's going to show up there, but they... They say they have an algorithm of some kind. I don't know yeah. what decides is the best, but it's yeah. the Reddit algorithm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but apparently, so I'm on that, I almost wonder, like, is it, so does that mean it's going to be different every game or is it gonna be like well this is what we chose and this is what's gonna be here for a week I would th- yeah i would think it'd be more maybe a weekly thing i don't know that game's evolving like crazy yeah. so but apparently um someone made the avengers tower in that spot which sounded pretty cool also thanos can destroy it as you <laughs> mentioned and so thanos is coming that would back. be that'd be yeah they're probably gonna take that one and like yeah we'll save this for the thanos event and uh <laughs> Thanos will spawn there and destroy it. <laughs> this is great. Um, I don't know. That's it's all. I awesome. think that's all I have for Fortnite stuff. Good. We can get away from Fortnite. Yeah, for a I bit mean, until next week. There's, there's always the new, ever updating. There's always Fortnite new Fortnite thing. content. It's all right. Hit hit me with something else. Apparently, yesterday the uh, multiplayer patch for Stardew Valley on the Switch came out. 
Sounds good. So you can uh, now Stardew Valley is already a great game to yeah. dump a zillion hours in, and <laughs> it was arguably better so in a handheld format. I know. I that's that's another reason I do want to switch, is so I can play that on the Switch. Every indie game better on Switch. <laughs> I mean, it's better it's, in a handheld. It's a great. It's a great format. <laughs> so yeah, if you have a Switch and you have Stardew Valley, now you can play online. Play with your friends. Play with your family. Add your or don't. Try to memorize those friend codes. Be me with a bee farm. <laughs> Farming so much honey, it's worthless, but... Oh, yeah, this was what I thought was interesting, that there's um the next uh, game from Coffee Stain Studios, the guys that made Goat Simulator, Satisfactory. That's going to be exclusive on the um, Epic store. No surprise there. I think every yeah. game's going to be for a bit going forward. <laughs> yeah, and make a lot of money in it. I and think not it's only twisting that, that knife in Steam is what yeah, it's doing. It's, I mean, I really hope it lights the fire under Steam's ass because, I mean, they sat on top for so long and did nothing. It's just... I feel a little bad because they did obviously just have their little revision of like guidelines of trying to give devs more money, yeah. but it is not good enough. So I'm wondering if they'll be like, oh, okay, we're changing like that whole <laughs> sales thing to be a little bit better. I mean, they got to do something. Yeah. I mean, it, there's like, yeah, there's a few, there's a few games that are launched that are going to be launching exclusively on the epic store and some of them are going to be there for a whole year like uh i wonder if that will also maybe make uh steam start to have steam exclusive stuff yeah i mean since currently that's been the case with like origin stuff for a long time everything was steam exclusive (laughs) yeah but now it's like everything is individual like uh blizzard launcher exclusive for a bit but will eventually like eventually everything launches on steam yeah. but it's like they're kind of the butt of the joke in a way of like comes to them last they get sloppy seconds apparently the um metro 2033 film has been canceled and or just put on ice or on hold um because the because sonic <laughs> no um, the people that are in charge of it didn't want to have it be set in Russia. They wanted it in America. And, uh, Why? Why does everything have to be in America? See, they they planned they planned to move it to from Moscow to Washington D.C. and now it's just now it's sounds like it's not going to happen at all. It's on an icy winter like in Russia. Yeah, doesn't make doesn't make sense to move it to Washington D.C. at all because everybody just... wants to blow up America. <laughs> How many times can we show, especially Washington, D.C. or New York, get destroyed in a cinematic way? See, oh, we mentioned Anthem earlier. Um, Apparently they're getting an open beta in February. I think that's a little late to be doing that, but... Yeah, when's it supposed to come out? I thought it was due in February. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that game was coming out in February. I know it's soon, but yeah, that seems a little towing the line. And I know they're kind of, they've said like all eggs in a basket on this like we if this fails we like bioware will basically dissolve um at least that's word on the street but so it says it's several weeks before launch and it's ea is calling it an open uh, demo i mean that seems a little soon but who knows i know these teams also also damage control pretty quick yeah uh let's see valve hit a cryptic portal message inside csgo's new battle royale mode um, but and, then quickly came out yeah. and said, yeah, no, we're not making another portal. Sorry. Yeah, probably smart to <laughs> get on that. But like, why would they do that Easter egg then? It's just they know people are going to find it and then get their hopes up. Well, at least they came out and said no. Yeah. 
That's all I can say really Rather about than that. Saying being nothing. Like, I mean, they're well known for saying nothing. Yeah, and then being like, is it? But yeah, better to not get people so like Yeah, I love the the first line in this is the start of a new portal ARG update. Nope. <laughs> I, I think controlling the messaging around that stuff is like companies need to get better on that instead of just endlessly blue balling people. Oh, and this one isn't not specifically game related but uh netflix is releasing a new ghost in a shell anime i'm apprehensive because oh i'm very apprehensive it probably won't be good but because i mean netflix scar joe's playing her no um it's an anime though it's not live yeah it's gonna be scar joe voice (laughs) but it's just i i have issues with netflix animes because sometimes the ones that are produced in-house they use that that saint seiya thing is garbage that what? That Saint Seiya, like, 3D anime that they just recently did is garbage, I hear. Yeah, and it's like, they do that for all of their animes that they produce in-house. It's really low-quality 3D-ish. I, why can't we just walk away from Ghost in the Shell? Like, leave it <laughs> yeah. alone. It already was good. Yeah, if how something's many remakes already good, of it do we need? Leave it alone. Get Move on to something else. Like, not like there's a billion manga or other animes out there that can be done. But similar with Saint Seiya, it was like, why make a 3D Saint Seiya if there's already a good, like, good Saint Seiya stuff out there? And I know, uh, probably you didn't know, but uh, that Neon Genesis is coming to Netflix, right? Were you aware of that? Which one? Neon Genesis Evangelion coming to Netflix. Uh, No, I didn't hear that one. Oh, well, it's coming to Netflix. A lot of people assumed it was just the version that's already out there. They are redubbing it themselves. So Why? Yeah, there's going to be a different dub cast for it that's like a that Netflix in-house weird. dub. That's weird. Yeah, I and I know a lot of people that are big Neon Genesis fans that are very disappointed. I mean, who knows? It, it'll probably be fine realistically, but... One thing that does look good about this uh, remake or whatever it is that is that they, they have uh, Kenji Kamiyama who did the one of the previous iterations... Uh, standalone complex which i really like standalone complex yeah i mean there's probably good talent behind it they they probably are dumping good money into this but it it's something that just doesn't need to exist and <laughs> yeah. it's like how long are we just gonna harp on the past and like keep reiterating shit from the past instead of just forging a new future and forging something new and interesting forge make something new take a risk make something new and then if you're the thing then look you're the next Fortnite. let's see what else do i have here halo co-creator reveals first image from the new game and it's that's that's all they did that's disappointing are you gonna mention uh the megawad uh the doom megawad oh no i didn't hear i i heard about that one but i, oh, I didn't what is it called i didn't see the um i didn't see an article for it looks it, really good but yeah the john romero megawatt of levels that it looks really good has buckethead music the music sounds great yeah for i it. did it hear looks that really good um I mean, the as fact far that they have it's doom, but they, they, they just got bucket hedges. Yep. I mean, that guy is just out there. It doesn't he have like the most like recorded songs ever at this point? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. At least he's <laughs> got to be up there. He's makes a lot of music. Uh, let's see. This one was interesting. Uh, there is a battle royale tycoon game in early access. And what is this? Uh, basically a game where you run a theme park. That is a theme park for Battle Royale. 
Okay, it's. I thought it was maybe like. And apparently, it's terrible because it's early access and it's broken as hell. I, I would like something that was more like a hundred, a hundred people tycooning a place. So you're a hundred oh builders building oh no. on a single map. Oh no, that would be cool though. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's Minecraft. Yeah, but I mean, this would be like a top-down like. Imagine a fucking Sim City where it's just like everybody building in like kind of a global scale. No, I'm the mayor over here. Yeah, you're all building your own cities. Yeah, I mean they tried that. I mean the latest Sim City had you could build, you could have a map, and but it wasn't on the same plot. It was just oh you're in this region and you share this region with other people. And yeah, but imagine like you you got you got to be in charge of commerce and making money, and then you you would build into each other, and then maybe like they take over your city. <laughs> <laughs> they just surround your city in a highway. We're building roads through here. We're going to demolish your city. Maybe you save up money and you send disasters their way, like those giant robots and like Mechagodzilla type stuff, <laughs> like rain down on them. Maybe you build a... Okay, I'm just talking about an RTS now. I'm just like, yeah, you build a weather <laughs> control yeah. device and like bomb them. Yeah, it's so... It's a hundred player RTS. Apparently in this game, I'll, like you just... Then you, you send these people into these arenas and they kill each other and then you got to have people go clean up the mess. <laughs> I mean, that sounds all right on the surface, but but maybe so you'll get there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's early access. I mean, the guy said the, the article I read, the, apparently, like, uh, you can't change the spawn locations for the arenas that you have. That kind of sucks. And you, But you can place walls inside them anywhere, and you can place guns everywhere. But then before the before the mode starts or the game starts for the, the people in the arena, the employees working in the arena go and gather up the guns and give them to the people. <laughs> So then they just start with guns rather than having to go find them and then just start shooting each other. <laughs> and so it doesn't really make for much of a battle royale rushing for the guns type game. So there's some work to do. They they had to capture the flag mode. See, this but, may sound very, very harsh, but usually if the reception in early access is bad the game ends up bad <laughs> yeah and and that's like i look at games that were in early access that were received very favorably and then when they launched were still like you're like amazing because eh. that, <laughs> no that ended up just great uh was something like dead cells that it's like oh, i yeah. was hearing so much about that game in early access like of how good it was and then when it launched it was just like yeah this game's amazing well i mean and then there you have minecraft which i mean well, was already a hit success <laughs> before it even launched <laughs> before it was actually launched i mean it would the uh, whole pubg in a the similar whole launch situation was, but the, the launch was like half baked even PUBG. So it was just they just wanted to put a 1.0 <laughs> on it and that was it pubg died before it launched <laughs> It had its whole cycle like almost before the launch. Yeah, it's where it was yeah. like the biggest thing ever, and then and then it Fortnite launched, and happened. then yeah, then Fortnite, and then it launched, and then it was already dead on arrival type situation. But it already made its money in early access. <laughs> so apparently, in this, the, there's a capture the flag mode, but it's it does they don't indicate they don't tell you that it's a neutral flag situation where like. Oh, and anybody can take it? Yeah, where it's the, where you would have a flag in the middle of the, and they, the arena. And they fight for yeah. the single flag. So this guy made did the typical thing where each base has a flag in it, and the teams would just immediately rush to their own flag, pick and it up, pick and set it back down <laughs> and win. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> so it was just pointless. <laughs> we'll see, though. I just, a lot of early access stuff is always like, that's it. Like, yeah. we smashed out some bugs but that was already the game basically yeah i mean you look at 
I mean, how many games ever go beyond when they do those game jams? Not a lot, um, but I, I think of uh, YouTuber's Life game. In early access was like, oh, we're adding this and this. Like, we're adding so many different, like, career things that you can be a YouTuber for and, like, outside of just being, like, a, a game YouTube guy. And, and I know that game's launching on, or if it, it may have already launched, it's if not, it's launching soon on PS4 and, like, Xbox. But that they there was so much stuff that they were gonna add and then eventually it was like all right here's a couple of the things and we're just not gonna do the others and there's the game yeah and i, I was like it's a little i'm a little let down by that but and not like that game is bad by any means it's just like why what you should have just never said things you were gonna add I feel like you made promises and then you didn't keep them and then yeah and I know that's the nature of some of this game dev stuff but like they know the marks they were probably gonna miss and funding that just wasn't there to meet them or maybe couldn't come up with ideas of how they would make those things work in a game but yeah sometimes it's they just fail <laughs> they fail to deliver what they intended on just a making. lot of my problem with even buying into an early access game is I feel like I play it and then whatever state it's in at that point, I feel like I got my, like I played my 20 or however many dollars worth. And then I never get to see it launch or by the time it launches, I'm like, cool. I I like don't care about it, which is what's making me a little bit apprehensive about Hades. Cause as I mentioned, I I played most of super giants games on console. Yeah. And buying into the early access despite the fact i hear that early yeah. access then is you're amazing. just like well i already played it i'm not gonna play it yeah again. i don't want to be like i dumped like 50 60 hours into this and now i gotta do it all over again yeah i mean i was that more or less happened to me with even like way back on uh when halo reach came out or before it came out they had their their online betas for uh testing out like the multiplayer the, stuff the classes basically because that game had those yeah because they added the classes and they wanted to test all that stuff out because that was new to halo they had never done anything like that before and i played probably more i think i played more of that than i ever did actual halo reach i did play some <laughs> multiplayer <sad>. when <laughs> halo reach came out like i it was awesome i played a lot of it but i definitely played more in those open betas than i ever played of the actual game and Kind of the same thing happened to me with uh, even Halo PC when that came out on PC and I didn't buy the game, but I played the demo and I think I played like probably a hundred hours of just multiplayer capture the flag, blood gulch on Halo PC. <laughs> like it, I played a shitload of just that one map. Well, um, blood gulch was like. It's like the perfect the, capture the flag Yeah, I was map. like, it was like such a good map. But I mean, I uh, mean. You do eventually get burned out on it, but it was such a good map. Well, because Halo PC came out and I mean, it added like you had, I don't remember if they allowed you to have tanks in multiplayer on that map in the, on the console. I don't know if they did in the original. They eventually, obviously. So you had, they had Warthog, that, but I don't think, it, I don't think they let you do plant tanks and then. Eventually um, on like that map was later reused in halo three yeah. and i mean like there was pelicans and like ghosts and everything yeah. in that map so i mean like in halo pc you could have you could have the um i mean obviously the scorpion ghost tank. the scorpion tank you could have the wraith or not the was it the wraith the wraith was it the 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 wraith was the tank of the covenant what was the um what was the flying one i can't banshee remember. banshee yeah you had the banshee i think that Actually, yeah, they did have the Wraith. You could have the Wraith in it. Yeah, um, I, I believe that. And then they added eventually. the Goss Warthog, which wasn't even in the first game at all. <laughs> um, 
before Halo PC came out. The- and you could have you could have all of those in the demo of that that game. So I played a lot of that, but then I actually got Halo PC and then I just went into like modding it rather than actually playing it. <laughs> Halo seems like such a perfect game for PC that it almost makes you sad that so few of launches got PC iterations. Yeah. And I mean, that going forward from Microsoft, all like games are going to be on PC. So yeah. that makes me really excited to see what the next Halo is. Yeah, I'm really interested. Like, they, they're, they're really pushing that. The, again, we bring it back to the Game Pass. But I mean, like, they really gonna, on PC. are they really going to put halo the next halo on game pass yeah i mean that would, they have to they I mean, they said all first party is coming I mean, that, to the game pass that just sounds so crazy to me i know <laughs> like i'm not gonna have to buy halo like <laughs> what <laughs> i mean i, I mean, probably would still buy it just because i mean i have all the halos if, if besides halo wars i hate those ones if they want to dish up game pass that's the best way to do it like making it seem like such a sweet deal and then like later down the line once they have a huge subscriber base they can maybe incrementally increase the price yeah but like just offering as much first party stuff like real quality experiences through that is the best way to make that seem super appealing and like i said that's currently the biggest difference between them and sony because sony's thing it doesn't offer like first party titles at least in like on launch and that i'm yeah. like that's what they need that's biggest thing yeah i think that uh i know you're not big on the battle royale things but i think a battle royale for halo would be awesome <laughs> i i think they're I, they're already i'm not big into battle royale type games but i mean they they already kind of have a structure and size for something like that yeah i where mean kind of like battlefield did was already like it was They're already big enough. Pushing the 64 player maps, it's like not a stretch yeah. to get to that 100 and have already have tanks and planes and everything in there. And actually, if I remember correctly, I think didn't one, I think it might have been Halo Reach where they had like the multi stage multiplayer maps. Yeah. And I can't remember, but didn't that have like an enormous, like 64 players at that point too? They probably did. I can't can't remember if it was 32 or 64, but it was something huge. And that was, that was cool. I mean, I, I think the scope of Halo definitely allows for something like a battle royale with a hundred players. Oh, I think it works. does. And I think it, Halo always has a strong online presence. Like, I mean, it, thinking especially way back to Halo two, that was kind of like the online game, like online gaming wasn't as big yeah. or existent really until Halo two. Or could you imagine uh, like a free to play Halo battle royale, but then like you, pay for the storyline that'd be pretty great like that'd that be like re- i think it, that would be the fortnite killer honestly yeah that'd deliver a real big one-two punch because i mean it would be the a big huge first party game that would be free to play and it would just God, just just actually do the whole not even just a battle royale mode just do the entire online free oh man and then and then just, and then just sk- campaign is like yeah and skins and i mean they already have skins and stuff for i mean different things that you can earn in the game and just do that to an even bigger degree and all the customization i mean even if you maybe broke that up and were like online's 20 bucks and then the like story mode's like 40 bucks or however you'd want to break that out 30 yeah. and 30 maybe but god just a and then once again maybe if they did standard online is like 
a $20 thing, story and all that stuff, 40 and then, like, the Battle Royale stuff is free. I mean, like, yeah. if some component of that is free, that you need something free if you want to be the... Yeah. The well, and it seems like Fortnite that's what's killer. Make, and not only that, but that's just that's what's making the money is people they download the game for free and then they're like, I want to buy but all here's these the seasons. Yeah. Here's the you gotta buy the season. You gotta I mean Rocket I think Rocket League is doing seasons or their seasons now. So I mean they just I think there might be a subtle nod at that with the isn't the name Halo Infinite. Yeah, uh maybe. Maybe it's just the end of the end all be all of Halos. Well if you think like they're no, if, I'm they're just thinking old. of the the phrase infinite would apply like infinite seasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like infinite game that's yeah, never just, they're just gonna support this Halo into infinity. <laughs> I mean, I would be all for uh, Halo Infinite itself being like 100% like, let's just say the whole thing is free to play. And then they, what they do is instead of like selling you quote unquote, like a storied content game that that's like part of a season pass, you buy into a season yeah, and that gets you a, an episodic story content thing, as well as like maybe just some bells and whistles to dead skins. The, and- yeah the custom warthog skins even i mean that that'd be a place they could go to they, i mean you would and then once again with that infinite banner you'd just be like yeah you just buy whatever season thing constantly and then it gets you like ex- you would have basically an infinite amount of story content that could be bundled in with that and then once again you could probably buy two versions of a season that would either come with story content and then one that doesn't yeah, I don't think that would be a bad idea for them to do it. I mean, who knows what they'll do. They're I mean, they've been chances. definitely a trendsetter in the game space, so yeah. I think they can pull something through. I mean, I like I like seeing big companies like Microsoft make crazy things happen. Um, I mean, obviously, the Game Pass has been a huge success for them. Man, just thinking a, a, a free-to-play Halo. You, if you want to sell Xboxes, and especially, like, I, I think <laughs> Halo Infinite is definitely going to be... Buy an Xbox and Halo Infinite comes installed already. Well, yeah, I think I think it will be a cross generational thing. But yeah, if you think that that's if that's like just boom, a day one next generation Xbox game as well as being past generation. And then it's a cross generational game that is a free to play thing. And then once again, if they do maybe do a story content thing, that's just progressively added on would that would blow my mind. (laughs) That would. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I I mean, I don't see it happening, but I can dream. Yeah, I can always, like I said, that seems like too good to be true. So it's probably not going to be the case. But I I do definitely think Halo Infinite is probably going to serve as a launch title or somewhat a cross-generational type game. Yeah, I definitely think cross cross generation or I don't I don't foresee it not being on the Xbox one. Yeah, it, it, I mean, they already kind of presented it as an Xbox One title. So, like I said, I think it's it's probably m- being made with an Xbox. Like, it probably will be capping out Xbox One, but being probably made better for a next-gen piece of hardware. It, it Like, I just think if they... Even more next-gen than the Xbox One X. Well, we haven't seen much on it, and it's what yeah it's, like it's not even slated for 2019 yeah, so i think it, it's slated for 2020 and, that and they, that's when a new xbox is theoretically launching and the fact that they teased one one single image <laughs> yeah it's like i mean if like yeah we're working on it here's i think here's it's, something i think it's safe to say anything released in 2019 is going to be cross-generational in some capacity yeah 
I mean, and I, I always think of the the rumored tricklings of like a discless Xbox launching in 2019. Yeah. And I think what that is, is actually going to be an introductory level of the next Xbox. Like, and, and that being, that being said, it, it'll be through, uh, something like game pass or like, once again, that's since you're streaming a game, they can have more powerful hardware processing it on the other end. And yeah. I think that opens up the idea of even Xbox ones, that have game pass can theoretically play next gen Xbox games. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, I mean, with, with cloud computing, that's definitely a possibility. And I'm and they really showed off their cloud computing with the um, crackdown three uh, multiplayer stuff with like how destructible those environments are. Like I said, I think if, if they go this route and do something like X- Xbox ones can play next gen Xbox games through a game pass. Holy crap. <laughs> you, you'd be talking like you want to talk something that could put sony out of business in a way that would be it be the nail in the coffin i, I think that would <laughs> i think that would be devastating and i think yeah. that would be something that would flip the script and put them on their toes yeah and i mean that's kind of how we've currently been is like is sony was kind of a the ps3 ended up in a better place than when it started for sure oh but, yeah but they were definitely like they xbox were, beat them and like and now it's like the shoes on the other foot that yeah. they're kind of beating back xbox and i think xbox has been gearing up to deliver a very big hit to them i just wish that they would fix the interface <laughs> that is sadly I, that's their weakest thing the interface is just bad i mean it works but it's slow i mean i still prefer xmb to it but i mean they are investing a lot of money in tech of like that machine learning of like predicting what you're gonna do and what you're gonna launch (laughs) which is getting kind of scary like yeah i just wish that we could have an interface without the ads i mean do we really need the ads what you don't want to order a pizza from your xbox or (laughs) you don't want mountain dew and doritos shoved down your throat and taco bell ads like I just, I mean, I've, I've always been a person that I like customizing my own screen. That's, I mean, that's why I have an Android phone and not an Apple. I always think it's funny. Like I'll post my, like my home screen in like a share your home screen thread. And it's you know like, what they're giving you Justin, the illusion of choice. They're giving you the illusion of choice. <laughs> bringing it all back. <laughs> no, no, but like I see. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll make like a topic somewhere. I'm like, Hey, what post your phone screen? What do it look like? And someone comes in with an iPhone and it's like, that's just a wall of icons. There's nothing special about that. There's no customization there. It's just, I choose, I chose to put this icon here and look at my background. And I don't mind, uh, I don't mind ads if they're in the store and especially as long as they're ads oh, yeah, directly fine, but, game related. But like, I hate it when it's but, like my, my dashboard is like telling me to, Hey, oh, to, this is games out and buy Doritos. It's like, just give me a list of this things that I launched most recently, like that, but better accessed. I mean, it right now it gives you like the first, the last three things that you did. It's like, I need more than that. I mean, I just hate how sluggish it is. It's just very slow moving. And like Sony's is very fast and sleek. Yeah. But the only thing I don't like about Sony's is you have to scroll all the way to the end of that menu to get to your library. Yeah, or you could be me and organize things in nice files and <laughs> your your folders. Just nice little folders for each game. Yeah, I mean that's that is definitely a way to do it. I just I wish that they allowed you to move the the actual library 
to the front to the front rather than the yeah, end. I see your point because like you I kind of wish it was more of a drop down or even to lock lock stuff in place because you launch a certain app and it brings oh, yeah. it to the front of the list. And it's like I don't want that. Yeah, I wish you could just lock things or like I'm gonna use that application once and now I have to do a whole bunch of other shit to wait for that to drop down towards the end again. Yeah, I mean Sony's inf- like Sony's UI is far from perfect. It's just it's right. Just, it's, it's smoother just, than the Xbox. Yeah, it's is just the point. Better than theirs. I miss the the OG blades. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember when they they got rid of the blades, and there was a huge outcry. So then the the they next the next one back. after that, they brought the blades back in your like you press the the Xbox button, and you had the blades inside that. But that was the slowest thing ever because it was basically loading a whole blade system in your Xbox home yeah. button, and it was the slowest thing that they've ever done. I hated it. We'll see. I mean, go like going through to a new hardware cycle. We'll they're gonna have to do a interface revamp yeah they really need to work on getting stuff smoother and they need to go away from the tiles i I think they're definitely in the midst of a hardware like uh well ui change uh because if they're gonna focus on bringing stuff to pc the pc store and all that stuff is really garbage and it's hard to find anything and it's hard to even find games and stuff so i i could see them doing kind of like a, a new launcher that's arguably like more like a steam or i guess like whatever yeah. other marketplaces are out there and i think that they'll want that to be uniform cross platform so it'll probably the xbox stuff and their pc stuff will be mirror images of each other if you want a uniform ecosystem you would hope so i <laughs> Who knows if that will happen, though? I but I mean, I'd prefer if there was just an Xbox launcher because the on PC, it's kind of like the PC stuff and the Xbox stuff are like just intermingled in a really gross way. And I was yeah. like, why can't I just launch like an Xbox app type thing that brings me to more of a Xbox styled? Yeah, like the thing. I don't know what they call what do they call it on the Windows 10? It's not the start button anymore, is it? They just call it the Windows button. I don't know. It's don't, uh, whatever it is. It's terrible. I hate that orb. menu. It's <laughs> the it's, Windows Orb. Well, it's not even an orb anymore. It's just the sideways windows. Like it's just it's bad. You click on it and it just gives you a mess of stuff that like I don't need or that want. are all in tiles. That are all in tiles that are randomly sized and moral shapes. of the story is hating on tiles. Yeah, I hate the tiles. I've I've always hated the tiles. <laughs> All right. What? What? Do we have anything else? No, that's it. That's that's all we got. This today. is the end. It's the end of the podcast. You can find us over at litgamingarena.com, um, and you can join our Discord at chat.litgamingarena.com. Um, so you can interact with us over there. The whole community. Everyone, and then on Facebook, uh, facebook.com/slash/litgamingarena. And on Twitter at Lit Gaming Arena. Yeah, tune in next week. We're gonna be every week until the end of time. <laughs> the end of time. There are always battles happening at Lit Gaming Arena, the Discord. (laughs) Lit Gaming Arena, where you can fight 
and smash your way out of any situation you get in, because it's an arena that you're gonna drop a hundred people into. <laughs>